to Ready Player You. I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And we are going to kick off part two of our Metallica episode, season finale episode. Yeah. Oh. And it's I, I got to apologize for last week. The audio came out like shit. I don't know what the fuck was going on. I'm in the process of ordering a new mixing board to fix that, so yeah. it's going to sound even better. Yeah, you know, we got to just work with what we have, so... Yeah, and we're going to finish Ooh. off our... <laughs> Did you punch yourself in the mouth? No, it, 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 was, it sprayed back. Whoa, hey, what are you talking about? Yeah. The bottle? The whiskey. Okay, oh, Jesus Christ. I was like, what do you got in your pocket over there that's spraying back? It's not like goldfish, the crackers that smile back. Oh my god, I haven't seen one of those commercials in fucking forever. It's the whiskey that sprays back. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, okay, so what are we going to do? Are we going to kick off a shot? Yeah, uh, like we usually do. When, <clears throat> you know what, I need something to... Yeah, wet your whistle. Alright, yeah, give me a good Corona. Where's my beer koozie at? I want my Ready Player You beer koozie. Koozie? Cozy. Koozie? Cozy? Kirsten? Kirsten? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Deadpool? Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that one me? You want a beer koozie? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. So are we cheering okay. with the shots, or are we cheering with the beer? Uh, the shots. Okay. Cheers. Oh, oh good gravy. Well, that is good. Oh, yeah. Dude, a Corona right after that shot, it does justice. Yeah. So, um... <clears throat> so what are we opening with here? Okay, we so... Open with, uh, obviously, we left out on load. Yeah. So we're gonna come back with reload. Yeah, and um, so we were talking about um, uh, the uh, the album cover uh, from um, uh, Load was you know, a mixture of, of blood and semen. Yeah, and <laughs> which is fucking gross. Okay, so um, for the reload uh, cover, yeah, they had um, the same guy that created um, the Load artwork. And but this one is mixed with bovine blood and his own urine. Okay, because I thought it was. <coughs> I, I thought they just cropped it down and used the same fucking you know for the reload. Mm. And then after learning what load cover was last week, oh, he, uh, he had his load on. The- yeah, and then I thought it was reload, <laughs> so I was like, oh, he just loaded again, or yeah. you know, whatever. So this one was uh, cow blood. And his own piss. And the artwork is titled Piss and Blood 26. That's so gross. I hope that guy fails as an artist because that's just disgusting. Well, that was in the 90s, so. <laughs> well, um, doesn't matter what decade it's from, it's still gross. <coughs> yeah, so <clears throat> with this album, um, this was uh, uh, the last album uh, they had of the Justice for All uh, lineup. With uh, Jason Newstead leaving uh, the band after this album. And um, I believe this is their first one. Um, oh, no. Okay, that's the next one. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's not a bad album. Um, you know, it just has that. Uh, they, they were talking about uh, the original idea was for Load and Reload to be a double album. Yeah. Uh, but... They didn't want to uh, spend all that time in the studio. And there's a problem recording with so many songs. At one time, the band decided that half the songs were to be released, and the band would continue to work on the remaining songs. 
and release them the following year. That's so, why that that makes sense because that's why it sounds like a continuation of the same album. Yeah, yeah, because they still have that same sound. Yeah, because each album has a different set of songs, right. a different vibe, feel, speed, and tone to it, and yeah. Load and Reload sound like one solid album. Yeah, which uh, I know I was driving over here, I was thinking, I'm like, huh, like, how come they didn't do, a, you know, as a double album? And then that just answered my own question there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, because Load came out in 96, and then uh, Reload was 97, so about a year later... I mean, which, you know, when you do, like, a double disc or whatever, you know, sometimes you do, like, part one, part two, or... Well, a new album, they, yeah. new tour, so but... They should, um, they, if they were smart, they would uh, do a, uh, a reissue and just put them, uh, both them uh, together. Like a platinum release or something. Yeah, 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 no, exactly. That would be tight. Um, okay, so, um, so the song we're gonna play is, um, the Memory Remains... Okay. And this is their first song. Um, this is the first album that actually features a guest singer. Oh, really? And uh, she's on uh, The Memory Remains. Um, is this the trivia you were talking about? You want me yeah. to guess who it is? Yeah, no. Um, what the fuck? Did I lose internet? Yeah, dude, the internet's been going in and out. Okay. Um, yeah, her name is uh, Mary Ann... Uh, faithful. Eh. And okay, you know, fuck my life. Hey, uh, looks like we lost internet real quick. Oh, Let me right. pause this real quick. Oh, so it wasn't recording shit. No, it's still recording. Oh. Hold on. Hold on. Get back to. Okay. We're about to play The Memory Remain. Oh, we were, we're back on? Yeah. Oh, whoops. Um, oh, yeah, so. Um, yeah, so this is, uh, the first album with, uh, um, a guest uh, singer, a guest singer, and I looked her up, and she's an English singer, and she achieved a popularity in the '60s. Really, with a hit single as "Tears Go By," and became one of the lead female artists during the British invasion in the U.S. Hmm. Huh. So yeah, I've never heard of her, heard of her until, but I'm, but I'm, I'm now that I haven't listened to the song in so long. Right. Uh, maybe we could figure out where. Um, at what point that's her singing okay so yeah. um yeah so let's uh, here we go with uh, the memory remains fortune fame mirror vein don't insane but the memory remains I love this song oh, oh this yeah. is the one where she goes nah 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 I, nah yeah at I, the I, end I, I think that's that her one. oh I think that's her in the video okay So, do you want to do you want to fast forward to that part, or is that coming up? 
Um, I think it's still, um, it's here in the middle somewhere. Okay. You can just let it go. Just curious. Uh. sure her voice is at the end but I, I kind of remember it in the middle too oh yeah here it is oh yeah I believe that's her yep I never watched this video up in South Dakota visiting my dad Back when MTV actually had uh, videos. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, speaking of video, we're not doing a video option this week. We're, we're yeah. uh, upgrading some equipment, so we're going to have to wait to do our video option. Yeah. Um, but I remember something about this video when I watched it on MTV or VH1. Uh-huh. Um, they were standing still, but they took the camera and spun it upside down, or did something like that, when they were on that swinging yeah. stage. Right. So if y'all look up the video, you'll see the swinging stage and the singer that we're talking about that's guest appearance on this yeah. song. Yeah, oh, the, um, the, the, the band played on a large suspended platform making full and continuous rotation throughout the performance like an enormous swing. The platform and band are actually stationary and the room, a giant constructed box, spins around it. Yeah, that's what it was. I knew there was something where... Because yeah. there's no way they're doing that yeah. one. And uh, Faithful uh, sings in the dark corridor and turns the crank uh, of the street organ. Crank presumably attached to a rotating platform upon which the band plays. She's cranking on a street organ. And that's why the band's going around and around. Oh, yeah, I was so thinking she's, of she's... a different type of organ. <laughs> You would. I was like that dirty yeah. old whore. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so when uh, uh, when Faithful was brought in, and James Hetfield felt her weathered, smelling the cigarettes on the CD voice fit what he described as the whole eeriness of the Sunset Boulevard feel of the song. Ooh. Giving the lyrics tell the story of a faded artist who goes insane from losing her fame. The spoken words say yes. At least say hello during the outro or a reference to the Misfits, the last complete movie in which Marilyn Monroe started. Wow, that's pretty sick. Yeah, that's uh, that's a uh, pretty uh, so oh wow. Uh, what else do you have on your list for this? Because I, I'm dying to hear this one song on here, Fuel. Yes. Because I'm a fucking race car junkie. I know. I know. I came on the uh, the radio the other day, and of course I'm just, oh man, I. <laughs> it makes you drive faster. You want to drive faster, yeah. I, I love that song so much. <clears throat> it is absolutely the best song on the entire album for me. Fuel? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've always been partial to Unforgiven too. Well, yeah, okay, because that's a continuation of a story, but nothing yeah. got me pumped like Fuel did. Yeah, well, I just, well, no, I'm not much of a car guy, but I do like, you know, for listening to, like, I me, mean, I can listen to 
all three Unforgivens in a row, and it's okay. not going to change my mood at all. Have you been to, like, Famoso Drag Strip, where they're having top fuel funny cars and shit like that, mm. smelling the fuel? No? No. Dude, I gotta take you. It will change your fucking life. I mean, I've been to drag races at the old uh, airport. That was years and years ago. With, like, homemade cars or, like, top fuel ones? Yeah, just racing. Just regular street racing? Yeah. Okay, I gotta take you to one of those shows. There's one coming up in February. Mm. We're gonna go. Because it's, like, down in Bakersfield, and the track is an old airstrip, but they have all the safety equipment there. When I was, like... I would say 16, we went down there. I'm sorry, I take that back. I was like 10. We went down there, and there was a female driver. We had never heard of a female driver at this time. Right. And she, her name was Shelly Anderson, and she was in a Top Fuel, which is the long, skinny ones. And Funny Cars are the other ones that are weird-shaped. So she was in a Top Fuel They're dragster. They're Funny Cars? They're called Funny Cars and Top Fuel. Mm. Top Fuel is the long skinny ones and they run like a nitro alcohol methane mix oh okay and she did in a quarter mile most cars at the time would do 16 17 seconds in a quarter mile now when you say a car does 10 seconds in a quarter mile that's really fucking fast i mean like ferrari's toyota supra fast and so what this, was the Dom uh, using in Fast and Furious? He was using a Dodge Charger. Oh, the Charger, yeah. And that was supercharged. Yeah, and like it had nitro bur- and it all had, that Okay, shit. so the, that thing on top of the supercharger poking out of the hood, mm-hmm. a lot of drag racers call that a bird catcher. Because when it flaps open those little doors, right. birds sometimes got caught in there, so they'll <laughs> put screens over it now and shit like that. <clears throat> well, this <clears throat> Shelly Anderson chick, she did a pass... In four seconds at 200 miles an hour, which was unheard of at the time. Uh, I think it was close to or met the world record. She was so loud and so fast for those four seconds, I couldn't breathe. The vibrations were so hard. It was like like some fat dude standing on my chest. I couldn't breathe for four seconds, which won't kill you. But it was it was the most amazing feeling I've ever had in my life. That that vibration, the sound, and the smell of the fuel she was burning. Mm. I was hooked. I all I wanted to do was go fast and loud. After that, I mean, everything disappeared when that car was on the track. It was I was in a different world. So mm. when I hear this song, "Fuel," uh-huh. that's what I get out of it. See, and um, that song was actually nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Hard Rock Performance. In, Speaking of in Grammy 99. Awards. Weird Al Yankovic just got nominated. Really? Yeah, I put it on our page. Well, I don't get all the notifications. Or maybe I do, and I just... I don't know. Yeah. I, I got a busy day, so... <clears throat> but, um, the, the, so they were, not in 99, they nominated for Grammy Award, a hard, uh, Best Hard Rock Performance, but lost to Jimmy Page or Robert Plant for the song Most High. Uh, Fuel was one of the most... It was one of the songs Metallica performed the most, and it's been on all the live albums, uh, S&M... Um, damn, some Spanish albums. What the fuck? Wow, we're gonna have to look that up. Oh, oh, it's uh, it's from um, they uh, they did a show in Mexico City. Okay, and then uh, they did play it on uh, through the Never uh, uh film. Yeah. Uh, so here we go with the uh, fuel.
Oh, I fucking love that song oh, so yeah. much. Um, is there a song off this album uh, uh, you want to uh, go for? Oh, um, yeah. Because I have two written, two more written down. But what do you? Uh, what two do you have written down? Uh, well, uh, Carp Diem Baby. Okay, and what's the other one? Oh, the Unforgiven Two. Okay, which I want to use that one last before we jump into uh, the most hated uh, Metallica album ever. So. What I like, other than Fuel and Unforgiven 2, would be Low Man's Lyric. I listen to that one when I'm down sometimes. Okay. And it kind of, you know, gets that shit out of me. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, well, uh, here's uh, Low Man's Lyric. All right. There's no, um, uh, no chitty on this, so yeah, nothing on it, so uh, all, it, all it says is it's a seven and a half minute song. Damn. I don't remember it being that long, but time flies when I'm kind of getting into this song. Yeah, I mean, the whole album is an hour 16. Damn. All right, well, let's get to it. Uh, here's Low Man's Lyric off of the Reload album. Okay, I do know the song. Yeah. <coughs> I like how it has bagpipes in there. Oh, yes, I know the song. With the bagpipes in there, do you remember that that Facebook post I sent it or tech or Instagram? And it had Allie the Piper on there doing a Metallica song, and somebody said oh, in the yeah, comments, yeah. they they said, "Oh, Metallica wouldn't appreciate that. You have no business covering a Metallica song." And yeah. then Metallica's official 
Instagram or Facebook page mm. responded, we love what you're doing. You keep doing that. We have no issue here. Uh, yeah, Don't listen yeah. to this guy. Yeah, he did say that and, to me. And so um, that makes sense because they have bagpipes in this song, so it's it connects them. Yeah. I like that. And it just boosted her stardom <coughs> way up to the top. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it's a great song. Um, and this, this album, I remember it had a... Um, I think it had like a mixtape. They had like Fuel, Unforgiven Two, uh, Memory Remains. I was probably, um, well, say this was ninety nine, so I was probably like what sixteen, seventeen, uh, going up to South Dakota visiting my dad. Um, he lived in these uh, um, these duplexes, and my room was the um, was in the basement. And they had a bed and everything, so. And I had my own like little tape recorder, so I could just listen to all my tapes. And so I remember, um, you know, these all these memories like coming back, just uh, you know, just like laying there, like you know, missing home, missing California, you know, being all the way up in fucking South Dakota. Yeah. And I mean, things weren't always, you know, I was this fucking little pain in the ass kid too. So uh, you know, things weren't always good between me and my dad. But you know, that just rem- flood back memories, you know of. You know, listening to some of these songs from this album and, you know, just, you know, want to be back home, want to be, you know, back with my mom because, uh, but now it's, you know, that I'm older, it it, it resonates more. It's just, you know, it, it's, that's a lot of that time that I, I took for granted, um, you know, you know, being with my dad when, like, not being there with my dad, but not really wanting to be there with him, you know. That's the impetuousness of youth, is you want to be somewhere doing something when you're young. Yeah. Now, you wrote me a letter one time when we were in high school, and it was, like, from Camp Crook. Yeah. And then my dumbass wrote back, but I I didn't understand that was the name of the town, even though you told me in the letter. I still have it somewhere. And I was like, oh, that's cool. What kind of camp is it? And I was like, fucking dumb. I remember that specifically. Mm. I don't know if you still have the letter I sent you. If I do, it's somewhere in a box of shit. I, I, I got it somewhere. I don't know where it is, but I got to find it. I know I have a shoebox uh, full of like old letters and stuff. It has some of the last pictures that my dad sent me. Yeah. Um, and it may be in there, but I mean, that was fucking what... 20-something years ago, so... Yeah. Um, so, the internet went out at the house. I swapped this over to the Wi-Fi boost from my phone. I got the mobile hotspot on my phone, so... Oh, okay. Um, let's... You well, want to give a description of Unforgiven 2? Um, yeah, so, I mean, Unforgiven 2, it's, um, it's just a sequel to the original Unforgiven 2. Um, uh, Court per progressions um during the ver- verses yeah, the that during the verses are strikingly similar to the ones in the the course for the unforgiven um the video is similar to the first video story through a tunnel is substituted for a blank room shown in the first video um it was first performed live in december of 97 at the billboard music awards wow um the song is not played in a live setting again for the next 17 years until Metallica reintroduced it into the set list for their ninth, uh, for their 2015 European Festival tour. Wow. Yeah, so I mean it's um I mean it's 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 basic um then once we get to 3 then once we get to 
one, three. three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they decided they went oh, to get two, three. I see, yeah. <laughs> wow. So when we get to Michael Jordan, what? yeah, um, but I mean, this is um, no definitely um, what part the one part one is definitely you know legendary. That's just you know um, staple. You yeah, have to have it. Yeah, it's a, I mean that's a song. I mean my, the first song I ever listened to, which I pretty said I think last week. Uh, was a uh, Inner Sandman. Me too. That was the first song that I, and my brother played for me, and plus it was the first song on that album. Yeah. So then, um, then like you know, then you had uh, you know these through the never, and then these other songs. But then I heard Unforgiven. I'm like, ooh, just that beginning intro. And it's like it kind of hooks you. Yeah, like, okay, so, oh, shut the fuck up. You know, like, l- let me listen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. one of the, one of the, I don't care. Yeah, that song comes on. Everybody better shut the fuck up in the room, or I'm gonna replay that motherfucker over and over until I hear it all the way through. So I noticed when they came out with Unforgiven Two, it starts off similar to Part One, but yeah. then it changes dramatically, and then Part uh, Three is completely yeah. dramatically different. It, it, it sounds nothing like the other two. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. So and we we will get to that one too. So uh, here we go with uh, the Unforgiven Two. Dude, love that song. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I do want to um, play the one more off of this album that we okay. can. Um, uh, so Carp Diem Baby. So I, I looked up. Uh, that's actually doing it's not. Some... It's not Carp Diem. It's Carpe Diem. Carpe Diem. Yeah. However, um, so I I always hear it and I see it and I actually looked it up to see. Yeah, I mean, seize the day. Oh, oh yeah. Well, it's to enjoy the present and make the most of one's life. Yeah. And in Latin, uh, it's for seize the day. Yeah. And then from that, that's where the f- these fucking kids get YOLO. Yellow? YOLO. Oh, YOLO. You only live, live once. once. Yeah. Fucking dumbass. Yeah, I, I swear to God. Like, when I heard that, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, you know, but then everybody I work with is fucking, you know, 10 to 15 years, 20 years younger than me. So Yeah. <laughs> So we graduated the the year some of these yeah, kids it, were yeah, born. The, the ones I'm working with, yeah. And then, yeah. well, some people from that generation are pretty cool, pretty smart, yeah, pretty wise. Yeah. Then there's those ones that eat Tide Pods, and they deserve what they fucking get. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I that I really like. You no, know, to enjoy the present and make the most of one's life. Yeah. That's like really just you know just pretty much grabbing life by the balls and you know or just enjoying what you're doing like well we do this yeah exactly you know I mean this is this is living I mean it's you know it's not as bad as things could be things are gonna be a lot worse yeah but I mean well they could always get worse oh yeah <laughs> but, but I mean you know we're just I mean yeah we haven't technical issues been shit like that but um. But the thing that's, you know, definitely always going to be, you always look at the brighter side and just enjoy the moment. You know, yeah. this is, you know, this is what we do. We we meet up once a week. It's going to be our last episode um, until the beginning of the new year. Yeah. And, um, you know, then we can come back and I'm going to have to um, really start getting more down to my writing and see what... I mean, I have a bunch of ideas about some more bands that we can do. I got a couple. Uh, I definitely want to do a Beastie Boys album. I, w- I would love to do the... Uh, or, I mean, an episode. Uh, like yeah. what Timmy e- emailed last week. Uh-huh. It just... It, I heard it. I listened, like we talked about. And then I, I'm rolling it over, and then all of a sudden, Intergalactic came on one oh, day. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> in my factory stereo speakers, the bass hit so good in my Honda, I'm just like, yeah... We need to do an episode like that. I and uh, I would love to do one on the Beatles. Ooh, definitely. Because, we got to get Mom in here for that. And uh, and you always get on the phone or something. And uh, maybe the second episode she can actually listen to. <laughs> we'll see if we get her in here for that episode. Uh, I'll have another mic set up or yeah. something. And uh, you know because they did just um, was about two three weeks ago they released a new song. How do the fucking Beatles release a new so, song? So here's the here's a little quick synopsis. So back in the '60s, um, John Lennon had did a demo for the song, and you know, of course, you know he had old equipment, so it was just on a little, you know, tape cassette or whatever. Right. And uh, Yoko Ono had this demo. That fucking bitch. And um, so she talked to uh, Paul McCartney, and she's like, "Hey, I have this demo of John's. Uh, you know, maybe you guys could do something with it." So this was uh, in like 95, something like that. So they got into the studio, uh, George Harrison, uh, Ringo Starr, Paul McCartney, and 
so they play this tape and it's uh, John uh, Lennon on the uh, keyboard and singing but it's kind of like distorted you know I mean the technology wasn't that good then right so they're like okay so they did record some stuff just with the three remaining but there's like Ah, you know, we can't do you know, a good song, you know, without... And then the technology comes along. Well, then comes uh, 2001, I believe, when George Harrison had passed away. And they're like, okay, so we're going to still just set it aside. And then, um, I guess within the past couple of years, uh, they gave that demo to uh, Peter Jackson's uh, company. He's like, here's the original tape. So he got a digital copy of it and uh they displaced it just to make everything not sound distorted just to sound perfect mm-hmm. and then they gave him uh the t- the recordings that they did with george harrison when he was alive and he overlaid it and to put that in there then uh, of course paul mccartney had like this symphony um doing and he didn't on the sheet music he did not want him to know it was a beatles song so wow. he, they they made he made him think oh this is a no Paul McCartney song because you know okay. he did his own solo stuff yeah 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 so they put everything together and so this is the very last song that you hear all four Beatles on wow and okay it, it okay. is it is such a good fucking song I mean I watched this like twelve minute documentary on YouTube you're gonna have to send me that after this oh show, my after god it was it was so good and then they did the video. And they did all the, um, uh, like the CG, like the superimposing. So you'd see, like, you know, like the 60s Beatles drumming next to the, the you know, uh, you'll see like 60s Ringo Starr drumming next to Ringo Starr now. Wow. And you, they, they have like uh, Paul McCartney there with the, you know, with young Paul McCartney with old. That's tight. And, and then it's, uh, uh, you have, you see, like, they have things of a uh, John Lennon. And he's there kind of just like messing around, like acting like he's orchestrating and stuff and just like That's just funny. goofing around. And oh my God, it was, it was the way they did the video and just background of the song. I'm like, oh, and I'm, I'm a big Beatles fan. So, I mean, that would be. Uh, yeah, we'll, be we'll cool. have to set something up. But talk about season the day, you know. Yeah. There's yeah. Carpe Diem with Metallica. Carpe Diem, Metallica. baby. Carpe Diem, baby. So, seize the day, baby. Seize the day, baby. Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
Yeah, I remember um, that song very well. I don't remember that one. Uh, Cheers this one. So let's I... uh, jump to the next album real quick. Oh, did we do a shot for this album already? Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. I oh. was ready to cheer it again. Yeah, we did it. The... I forgot. You ever forget? I forget. Happened to me. I forgot. Oh. oh, so here we go to the eighth studio album by Metallica, and one of the most hated albums done by Metallica. I don't think it's that bad of an album now. Now, when it came out, but after I seen some kind of monster uh, documentary, yeah, I mean, okay, no, I understood what was going on, and um, this was uh, the last album that they released through Elektra Records, a final collaboration between. Metallica longtime producer Bob Rock, who had been with the band, who worked with the band since 1990. And it's also Metallica's only album as a official trio, as bassist, bassist Jason Newstead left the band prior to the recording sessions. Bob Rock played bass in Newstead's place, and Robert Trujillo joined the band uh, following the completion. Uh, you know, though, even though he's not, did not play on the album, uh, he is created in the liner notes and appears in photos of the bands of the album booklet. And then, of course, he was on tour uh, with them to promote the album. Yeah. So, you know, and then they talk all about that in uh, some kind of monster. You know, yeah. the the, uh, the process of, you know, trying to find new bassists. I think there was a bassist from Marilyn Manson. Uh, he had uh They were trying audition. out a few people. Yeah. Um, now I I listened to this album the first time I heard it I absolutely hated it. Every band seems to have an album that somebody hates. Yeah, which we talked um, about. Yeah. So I think if I had to pick one from this song that I liked, that I it's growing on me more and more now. Like you said with this uh, the documentary and stuff, yeah. it I I'd have to say either Frantic or Sweet Amber. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those, those are good songs, now, too. Now, St. Anger, that one was recorded in San Quentin Prison, I believe, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, no, I, I like the Invisible Kid. You want to hear that one? That one. But uh, here... Um, <clears throat> it just... This whole album, when I first heard it, seemed uh, slapped together. Yeah. Uh, and and which, rushed. And it, you could tell the direction they were going in, but yeah. it wasn't what I liked. Yeah, because, I mean, you had Bob Rock, who's not really a musician. He's a producer, but, I mean, yeah. he can't play. But, you know, and then uh, with saying uh, they departed from Metallica's signature style with an alternative metal style, raw production, metallic drum sound, no guitar solos. Yeah, that's another thing that bothered uh, me. And which, with the controversy about this album... Uh, St. Anger was intended for release on June 10th, 2003, but was released five days earlier due to concerns over unlicensed distribution via peer-to-peer file-sharing networks. Yeah. Napster. Napster, which the Mission Impossible song, I Disappear, that's the one that started it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um... What do you want to get into? Well, as first, let's uh, take the shot. Okay. And um, this is for Karina because she saw my snap and she's like, uh, "Take a shot for me." Well, should we put the sn- shot on video so we have proof? Yeah, she can hear it. Okay. <laughs> Cheers. Sorry, Karina. Cheers. Ooh. Oh, gotta chase that with a Corona. Mm. Ooh, that's got some fire going down. Almost like there's tequila in it. Ooh. 
Oh, good gravy, Marie. Oh yeah. Um, Definitely getting closer to the bottom oh, of that. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, they recorded uh, this album in the Presidio of uh, San Francisco, uh, making it into a makeshift studio. Um, and then, oh yeah, during this time, uh, that's when um, James Hetfield uh, was in rehab, I believe. Yeah, not long after this, uh, Metallica did a concert in Antarctica called um, "Freeze Them All." Well, was that after this? I, I believe it was either before this or after this. I, did, I think it was... Uh, because um, at that time, when they did that concert, they were the first band to play in every continent and country in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so just one last little bit. Um, Kirk Hammett, guitarist, uh, commented on the lack of guitar solos on St. Anger, a departure from Metallica. We wanted to preserve the sound of all four of us in the room just jamming. We tried to put guitar solos on, but we kept on running into this problem. It really sounded like an afterthought. Emmett said that he was happy with the final product. Bob Rock stated, We made a promise to ourselves that we'd only keep stuff that had integrity. We didn't want to make a theatrical statement by adding overdubs. Lars Ulrich recorded his drums without using the snares on the snare drum, resulting in a drum tone with far more ring than the usual in rock. Ulrich said, One day I forgot to turn the snare on because I wasn't thinking about this stuff. At the playbacks, I decided I was really liking what I was hearing as a different ambiance. Oh, that's a big word right there. Yeah. It It sang back to me in a beautiful way. Rock said uh, the group spent only 15 minutes on the drum sound with fewer microphones than usual. Okay, so there's a song on this album called All Within My Hands, and that's also a charity thing that they do. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's right. And that's a good song, too. The Unnamed Feeling is good. Yeah. See, I mean, all Well, they only did two music videos, The Unnamed Feeling and St. Anger. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, they did one and for Frantic. Frantic. Yeah. Um, so three music videos. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, I don't know, I don't think it's that bad of an album. Okay, well, pick a fucking song. When, they'll just fucking throw in some kind of monster. Alright, anything on that one? Do you have anything on that, All Within My Hands? You should look that up while, um, Um, that way we can uh, comment on their charity that they do. No, there's nothing on that one. But there's someone, some kind of monster. No, I'm saying look up the charity because that song turned into that name. So uh, while we wait for that, we're going to play some kind of monster. Yeah, this one is, I do like this one. Starts off with a heavy bass line too. Intros. See, yeah, I mean, the, the songs, the, they're not that it, bad. It's grown on me. Maybe I was just not wanting to change at the time. Yeah, I mean, because you go from, you know, the Black Album to Load Reload, 
which was a different sound than their old stuff. But then this is like, come, like, kind of? See, right here? That's what drove me nuts. It sounded slapped together. Yeah. But I understand the album more now. Yeah. Almost two minutes before a real long ass fucking intro. Yeah. Oh no shit, the Nate fucking song song is um, described the lyrics so James Hetfield described the lyrics to producer Bob Rock being about a Frankenstein creature or some kind of monster and it was used as the title of their 2004 documentary about recording St. Anger and the turmoil surrounding it I mean if you guys haven't watched uh, the documentary it's uh, well worth it yes I mean you see you know uh, James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich is going back and back and forth Fighting and Kirk Hammett's right there on the side. He's just like you know, palm the head almost the whole fucking time. Just yeah, and then trying and to be referee. But I mean, there's no these guys like they yeah. they started the band, so they know each other well enough. And it's like you know, and Jim was only able to come and record only a few hours a day. Yeah, because sure, he was taking he, his kids to ballerina practice. And, all that stuff. He had his uh, rehab stuff that yeah. he was going. Yeah, and then that 
fucking pussy ass, limp wristed, faggot ass fucking therapist. I wanted to beat the shit out yeah. of him. He was just constantly trying to milk them, and it pissed me off. Yeah. It's like, as mad as I was at Metallica <laughs> and Lars Ulrich at the time, it, I, I despised that fucking therapist. He was just an agent of averageness, to quote Pickle Rick. Yeah. Um, and then in part two, the, the second documentary, they brought in Rob Trujillo, and they gave him like that million dollars or whatever. Oh, yeah, for a signing. And he was only getting a, a certain amount of royalties. From any recording albums they did from then on with him on them. They, he wouldn't get anything from stuff with Newstead or Cliff Burton or whatever. Right. Yeah, so yeah. they structured the contract uh, yeah. very well. So Drop Trujillo is making lots of money. Yeah. And they get to keep their music pure from the people who created it. Yeah. Even uh, though he's probably on stage playing songs made by those other bassists. Right. Um... Yeah, see, so, yeah, oh, shit. So, what are we covering next? Um, shit, you know, um, like, I don't want to hear, uh, uh, The Unnamed Feeling. Ooh, I do remember that one. That one has an official video, too. I don't think I've ever seen that one. I don't think I've seen the video, but I definitely heard the song. Um, let's see, oh, there's some... Is there uh, some info on it? Yeah, there, see, um... Uh, the song is about an unnamed feeling, which according to James Hetfield is anxiety, mm. that a person feels when they are close to the edge of losing control just before he or she panics. Oh, okay. I kind of know that feeling. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I was just thinking about that. Yeah. I, um, I had my first anxiety attack like five years ago, four years ago, and I didn't know what the fuck it was. I had to call Anthony's mom and I was like, I, I feel like there's somebody chasing me. And there's nobody, uh, it was like before the holiday weekend, mm. and uh, actually about this time, uh, five years ago, and I was like, we're the only crew on the job site, we're just electricians out here, there's nobody around me, I feel like somebody's chasing me, I feel like I've been fucking all my work up all day, mm. and my boss just came by and said, I'm doing great, and I, I feel like somebody's pissed off at me, and, and then my chest felt heavy it was hard to breathe my blood pressure went up my heart rate went up you know that's no, I was and, and she's on the phone and she goes oh you're having a panic attack i'm like what the fuck no i, I was feeling like that on uh, wednesday um because you know, i was off thursday then today which is uh friday the 17th um you know as uh we had inventory today yeah and so i'm not there uh my backup molly's not there She's having a great old time enjoying her birthday weekend in fucking Hawaii. Oh, happy birthday, Molly. Yeah, well, thanks, Molly. For hey, and our pretty lady that opens our beer bottles is from, from Hawaii. Hawaii. So yep. this is to you right there. Yep, and uh, Alan will probably tell her uh, all about the episode, too. So, yeah, shout out to both of you. Yep, uh, thanks for listening. But, but, Keep uh, up the good paintball work. I love your videos. But uh, they're, um, So they're out there. So these two guys that run in my department. That were in my department yesterday, so Wednesday, I don't know, I was like, I was fine, I started thinking about it, but then I just, like, my chest started hurting, I'm like, okay, you know, I need to, like, take deep breaths and just, you know, calm, because I don't trust these guys to... Do whatever they do. Do what, you know, I was expecting my whole back room to be completely fucked, and I told the dude on Wednesday when I was there, I'm like, hey, this is how I, w I need things done. I don't want to come in Friday, have everything all fucked up. I know you guys have to have it, you know, 
front <laughs> to back. I don't need tomatoes in front of avocados. You put no tomatoes. What if, it, what, tomatoes. Okay, what if the avocado likes bending the tomato over? What if the tomato likes it? <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm telling this like, okay, this is what I need done. And then I'm getting messages from one of my buddies like, yeah, you know, the boss keeps going back there and checking on him, making sure. And luckily, it wasn't as fucked as I thought it was. I mean, I had to do fix the little things. I mean, you had your apprehensions, but... Uh, yeah, and but I mean, like, I guess the dude was like, just telling everybody, he's like, okay, I, I want to make sure everything is good. I, I don't want Matt pissed off. But I told him, I don't want no partial cases. And if you can, fine, set aside, I'll get that shit out. And I was able <laughs> to, you know, then finally today, I'm like, okay, it wasn't as bad as I thought, but I still had a lot to do. I still had to, you know, fill, do a lot of feeling. I had to do an order for tomorrow, which I'm off tomorrow. So I'm going to walk into a fucking shit show on Sunday when I yeah. get back to work. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. But Matt's over here laying down the big dick of the law. Being the boss man. Hey, it's my department. I, I run it. Uh, <laughs> you know. Okay, so for those of you who understand an anxiety attack, here is the unnamed feeling. What a heavy riff. Okay, I want to hear this, see if I can relate to it. Oh. There, Robert Trujillo's in another video. Okay, so in the video they show people in an elevator, mm -hmm. uh, and the floor suddenly, uh, the elevator suddenly stops, and they have that oh the shit shaking, yeah, that oh what the fuck we're gonna fall or something feeling. Shows a dude in a shower battling depression and mm -hmm. anxiety. It shows people at their office job. 
dealing with shit. It shows a dude coming home, finding his girlfriend, ODing on the floor, all kinds of shit. So things that can trigger your anxiety and you, you feel that feeling come alive and it takes you away because it takes hold of you and you're powerless to stop it. Unless you do what me and you did is take deep breaths, all that shit. Yeah, no, even then I was like, you know, I was... To me, that's the devil fucking with you. Yeah. Because God wouldn't do that to you. Yeah, I know. I, was, I know it just like... It's like my chest would start hurting, but that's what... It happens, like, you know, something going on with work, and then... Uh, I mean, Corinna can uh, attest to it. Uh, you know, like, she sees me stressed because, you know, like, I got a lot of shit going on with work, but then, you know, plus doing this, and I want to make, you know, like I always said, I want to make every... No episode better than the last, so I put more pressure on myself. To, and, and to, to an do extent, there's nothing wrong make, with that. To an extent, there's nothing wrong with putting some. But pressure then, on yourself. but then I I put too much pressure on myself. That's yeah. the thing. Well, here's the thing. I gotta I gotta tell you. So since here, let me pause this video so it's not playing. Um, I I I I got uh, my my kids parent passed away right i'm a single dad i edit the show i produce the show i i do the audio the technical i manage the online store the yeah. instagram the facebook i do all our digital accounts our discord all that stuff and anytime i have an anxiety attack i force myself to smile because i know the devil's fucking with me and i force myself to start laughing and because i know the devil's just a little bitch and he's trying to fuck with me, and he can't touch me. Yeah. And I, I think it's hilarious when I, when I get an anxiety attack now. And it kind of, it's like mind over matter. Like, you control your body. And I start laughing. And if it gets to a point where I can't control it, I pray about it. And it's fucking gone. And it, I find it absolutely hilarious. And I mean intensely hilarious that he's getting irritated and pissed off that he can't control me. He can't fuck with me. So all that level of stress I got, you know, managing a 12-year-old who's mm -hmm. lost his parent, all that stuff, paying all these bills, this mortgage, you know, stressing over producing this show, all this stuff. It's not to say I got it worse off than you. I understand everybody has their level of stress, their level, their realm of um, comprehension of, of difficulty. Like so, how I want everything good at... You know, at work, I mean, even though I hate my fucking job, but, but, you know, I do care about my department, and as much as I want everything to be good with my department, yeah, I want I want to be able to put that same effort into writing the these episodes. Yeah, and so what episodes. I'm saying is, is I, not to say that I got it worse off than you, which I probably have a lot more on my plate than you do, but I don't discredit or discount or, you know, push aside... The difficulties you have, but at the same time, it's like I get it. I get what you're going through, and it, it, it's like lifting a heavy weight, and then you go and pick up a, a something way lighter, and you're able to carry it easier. Mm -hmm. So when you've been through something traumatic or a bunch of stress, and then you go through something where it's like, oh shit, a flat tire. Oh no, I'm gonna be late to work. Oh, it's like big fucking deal. I've been through worse, you know. Yeah. Like baseball players, they, they put those weights on their bats and they practice swinging, and then they take them off and pick up their bat they're going to go play with, and then they hit a fucking home run because that bat is so much easier 
and lighter to carry. So it's just like anything else. Sometimes you got to put yourself through uh, times of trial, challenge, and change. And then that's when you grow as a person. You don't, nobody knew how to do flat roofing or build a car. You know, somebody had to learn it at some point. You only learn by your mistakes and your fuck ups. Mm -hmm. So when you fail, that's when you learn. Because if everything was a success the first time, like our audio checks, our sound checks, our our production value, if video recording went well the first time every time, we would never learn anything. I would never learn anything, and you would never learn patience sitting here watching me stress out over getting this shit set up so we could fucking record. Yeah, but I love love watching you just... Melt down? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a minor meltdown. You haven't seen me really meltdown. Oh, I fucking yeah. break shit and people <laughs> fucking run. Like people who are hard nosed, hard nosed fucking badasses get the fuck out of my way when I melt down. Right. Well, so no- I try not to do that. Cause well, I'm a- I've known you for over twenty years. So yeah, <laughs> I know. And you've never. There are some things about me you don't know. Stories and times and things I've been through. Like there's, I won't tell you what I did, but. I I, sh- I I was facing prison time for something. It was justified. Mm. I did the right thing. And because we're in California, I won't say it on the air, but uh. I don't do those things anymore. But it was in defense of people's lives. So there's that. Oh, yeah. But what else do we got off this St. Anger? Since we're talking about angry and anxiety, it's, it's kind of yeah, fitting yeah, for the album yeah, we're talking yeah, about. Is. You know what I'm saying? But, and, you know, when I was going to say I was getting, like, know that, that hard that you know, my chest started hurting. Yeah. I'm like, fucking nigga, give me some fresh air. I mean, go take my break. But then, of course, I go smoke a cigarette, and that really doesn't help. <laughs> Sometimes nothing helps, but, but I know I know but, whatever I'm going I, through, I I'll, just I but can But I was deal able to it. sit there and just, yeah. just, you know, like, I'm by myself. I'm sitting outside, and I'm smoking my cigarette. And, you know, the anxiety, like, little by little, but then, like, once I walked back in that fucking store, and especially the bosses being a fucking asshole. But actually, he this time it's he wasn't as much of an asshole because the inventory that like he's they're starting counting right now. Yeah, this is seven o'clock right now, and uh, so they're starting to count now. And he's not getting out there till at least one two o'clock in the morning. Kind of comforting knowing that the asshole is there late. Yeah, you so, know what I mean. And um, I'm at home. I can get drunk and um, yeah, have fun with that bullshit. Then of course, <laughs> of course, he's gonna be there early in the morning too because he stocks the meat and all that shit. So given that, um, why don't we um, play frantic? That's exactly what I was looking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like because he's gonna be at work. He's gonna be dealing with all this bullshit. And the fact that he has to deal with and and technically no, this uh, it supplies to me because I was being frantic all day. Because Me too. I was hauling ass because we actually got help today. Uh-huh. So I was bending pipe and running conduit. My body is fucking sore right now. Mm. I felt like I hit the gym. So it's um. So with me, okay. So I went in. Okay, everything wasn't as bad as I thought it was uh, from yesterday. So okay, cool. My day's gonna go easy. So I I filled what I had to fill. I did some adjustments. Uh, you know, make sure everything. Is um you know just the um uh, uh faced and just you know okay set up properly yeah then I had like work done my old freight that went to lunch came back okay I got to work on my order for tomorrow so okay I do my inventory everything is good easy for me to okay I got this 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 you know so everything is in order the, the way it should be yeah 
and hopefully these guys get, oh, just because inventory is done doesn't mean fuck all my shit up again. Yeah. No, the keep, if I have it a certain way, you better fucking keep it that way. Or, and, or I'm be really fucking pissed and I'm going to fucking go off on the guys like, hey, get your fucking ass in there and fix that shit to my liking. <laughs> It's like managing a bunch of fucking children. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But Trust I, me, I get that feeling uh, sometimes, too. So, you know, and... Um, if you know, you know. Yeah, so then I... Okay, I did my order. I was like, okay, cool. And I started labeling a little bit of stuff. Um, then I got... I went ahead to take my last break, and then I spent the last fucking hour in my cooler. I was like, okay, fuck. Fuck! I slap stickers on everything. I have my paper that has all my pricing because you have to yeah. put you have to put your pricing. You have to put uh, how many cases yeah. and the uh, the count of uh, you know what's in each case. So I'm like, okay, fuck, and I'm just like, frant and exactly, I'm frantic. I'm just okay. Slap stickers, slap stickers, slap stickers. Okay, grab my paper. Everything is ninety nine fucking cents. Just yeah, just no. I write everything down. I'm like, oh my god! I look at the time. Fuck! I got twenty minutes. I still got this whole section. So I'm leave just, it for the next motherfucker. No, dude, no, no. That, that's the whole thing. I've been by myself all fucking day. Aww. I had no help whatsoever. I mean, some of the girls uh, they didn't like kind of help me a little bit, but then they had uh, the frozen dairy truck. Ooh. Frozen cow titty. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, <laughs> fuck. So I'm doing all this on my own. I, I mean, I had to make sure my floor was filled. Fucking uh, my inventory done. My fucking order was done. I fucking slapped cigarette on every fucking item that I have in my back room. Yeah. And I still got, I was done. By the time I got done, I had like five minutes left in my shift. Okay. So you know there's an old saying that says... In the end, it will be okay. If it's not okay, it's not the end. There's multi-levels to that. Like, hey, it's not over yet, but at the end, it's going to be okay. You might have a chance of euphoria, but until then, things will be a little frantic.
Okay, so there are a couple things from this song. You know, he talks about the your lifestyle is your mm. death style. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. Mm-hmm. You live by the gun, you die by the gun. You're you're in gangster type things, you're gonna die gangster type ways. You're a gentleman in type things, you're gonna die in gentleman like ways. You know, like my lifestyle determines my death style. How do you die in gentleman life ways? Okay, so let's say you're you're kind, you're gentle, you're you're uh, altruistic. There's a ten dollar word. Altruistic means you think of others before yourself. Holding mm-hmm. the door for ladies, being a gentleman, opening the car door. Mm-hmm. You know, when you die, you're gonna go in grace and peace and gentleness. You're gonna light your lifestyle determines your death style. You live a holy life. You follow God. You're gonna die a genuine, peaceful death. And what if you do heaven. all the above, though? What if you do all the above? You got it. You got to atone for your mistakes. You're gonna have yeah, consequences. Yeah. Karma's gonna bite yeah. you in the ass. Yeah. So and you know, and then everything happens in a hurry, and he keeps on searching something to alleviate the the pain, the stress, the whatever. Because the video shows a car crashing because the guy drives too fast. Lifestyle, death style. The guy shows drinking a lot. He overdoses on alcoholism. Whatever the fuck, but. You yeah, know what? The, so the, the, I, I think I have a new appreciation for this album. I might actually purchase this album, and you know, I, you I, know I like it. It's, it's I've turned myself around. You've convinced me. You know, and uh, it's I mean, just like um, uh, the God that failed. Like you didn't. That was There's your least things that I didn't know you, about that album. You, 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 that was your least favorite song on the Black album. And now it's one of the upper songs that because I appreciate. The, yeah, but and with this one. Uh, the song, like many others on St. Anger, is about the band's past struggles with addictions, particularly uh, lead singer James Hetfield's alcohol problem, for which he spent many months in rehab. The lyrics also draw on Zen axioms. What's that? Um, Zen axioms? Zen axioms. What's the definition of that shit? I, I don't know. Uh, is most notably the Buddhist concept of dukkha. Okay, that sounds a little close to shit. Yeah, and uh, all the fucking internet that went out. Yeah. Uh, brought up by Kirk Hammett. Birth is pain. Life is pain. Death is pain. It's all the same. Mm. Yeah, so I-, I have a new appreciation for this album. I, I definitely have... I'm looking at it in a different light. With wisdom, experience, and mm-hmm. not impetuousness, where I'm judging it before I actually know about it. Yeah, there's a it. You know what? It's a good album. The hate for this album lost a follower because I I like this album now. Yeah, I, I'm with you. You were right. I got no problem admit when I was wrong. You yeah. you were right. This it's, is a good album. I mean, it's not. I mean, I'm, this is probably my favorite song off the album now. Because I mean, like with me, it it was a, just because all the bullshit. Because you know, Jason New said left. Um, then you had you know a producer on bass, and then you know then they brought in uh, Robert Trujillo, which he had no credit. He's credited on the album, but he doesn't play on the album. So he, it's only three members of Metallica. But, but he's in all the music videos. But they did the videos after the okay, album okay. was released. Because that was my next question is so they, they, they signed him after some kind of monster or yeah, during some kind yeah. of monster but he's not credited on the album but he plays in the videos after so he's yeah. credited in the videos. Yeah, so the, um, so when did that become official? Before the album was done or after? So no, the album was done when he became a member of Metallica. 
before they they finished the album. No, the album was finished when he became. And then they signed him, and then they recorded the videos. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That yeah, makes sense. This, okay. So he did. He had played on them. Then they did the tour for Saint Anger. Okay. And he, then that's so, when he played. So I have questions for Metallica. Did he get paid for? Obviously, he got paid for doing the music video. Mm-hmm. Then did he get paid for doing the tours? And because at that point, did he get paid for that album because he wasn't credited on the album? Yeah, he had he had some credits on there for. So being, he's got like a partial monetary yeah. gain or something. Yeah, it might have may have been a monetary. That's a dicey just, situation. Uh, yeah, so, there might have been a little bit, but so, not. Well, our official sponsor from from Lopez Financial Services. We're, we're they're not sponsoring this episode, but I do have a question for Carlo. If you could email us at readyplayerquestions at gmail.com. How would that legally work out if you're partially credited on the album? Do you have any input, any insight to he got signed after the album was done, he did the music videos, and he did the tour. Would he get paid for the full album, or would it be a partial, is that considered like partial credit for your answer was half right? Or something like yeah, in a math I mean, question? No, that makes, that makes sense. Oh, no, I mean, I, I'm very curious because yeah. I, I, I have thoughts, and I, I don't know if Metallica will ever hear this or answer it, <laughs> which would absolutely blow my fucking mind. I would die happy, <sighs> motherfucker. Hey, I'd, but, I'd be happy if a weird Al listened to uh, my dude, birthday Dude, I'm episode, telling you, but. I haven't sent anything to him, but I'm going to try. I know he's busy with that Grammy shit right now. So, oh, yeah. You, but I'm gonna have Carlo, to email us at readyplayerquestions at gmail.com. I got to know what you think about this. Okay, so since my internet on my laptop went out, I gotta pull up the phone. Okay, so um, um, are so we done with this album, or are I we gonna think move on? With the, all within my hands. Yeah, I definitely want to hear. Did you find anything yes. about that? Okay, yeah, cool. actually, so we'll I play did. the we'll play the song. I'll wait till the hook, and then we'll fade out, and you tell us about that one. That would be uh, a nice finish to this album. Okay. Well, While I'm doing that, um, I'll put my shot glass right here. And then we can, um, you can set that up whenever you're ready. Yes, yeah, so go ahead and um, so all within my hands, and uh, we can jump into their later albums. Fuck you, YouTube.
Okay, so I'm dying to know, does that foundation they started have anything to do with this song? Because that is fucking amazing. Okay, so that, um... So, All Within My Hands is dedicated to creating sustainable communities by supporting workforce, education, the fight against hunger, and other critical local services. So, this is off of uh, allwithinmyhands.org. In February of 2017, we announced the formation of All Within My Hands. The foundation aims to insist and enrich the lives of members of the communities who have supported the band for years, as well as in uh, as where as well as encourage participation from fans and friends. All funds raised will be donated to a cross section of national and local charities. Every penny, every penny from the donations will go directly to our charity partners. Hmm. So I mean, they they have these. Well, Wolverine X Metallica Scholar new collaboration. And what? what the fuck? The internet went out again. I love it when it does that. Um, it it, it goes out. Want. It's always so so fancy and lovingly. It, uh, it just horror. But so, either way, that the all within my hands does yeah. a, a lot of charity for communities and stuff like that. That's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know it's it's a lot. I mean, I know I love, but it's a lot more of uh, um, giving and receiving a, a respect for Metallica, you know, for you know, doing for these like charities and stuff too. They, so they, they go out and take pictures with these people. They spend time with them. They donate yeah. lots of money to help. Yeah, that way yeah. the people, the electricians, the plumbers, the whatever, got to come in and do their thing, and they get paid for doing their services. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah. they're using they're using their elevated status as a superstar. To help others, and that's what more people should do. Yeah, and and they're not doing it to be, um, you, you know, oh, here, do more publicity for us. I mean, they've been established for fucking 30, 40 years. Exactly, and it, it doesn't take everybody to be established to do that. Like, in fact, if you checked our, our merchandise store lately, mm. I, I started something. I met a dude on the job site the other day. His son had committed suicide mm. uh, a, a while back. And so every year, and I believe it's November, he does, it's Suicide Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Awareness Month, the alcohol is kicking in. So I apologize, um, Peter, if if uh, I messed that up right now. But so nine eight eight is the official number, and you can call it or text it for help you need. So on our merchandise store, I started a product line with his son's silhouette on there. And it says, help save a life. It has the official ribbon for suicide awareness and the number to text or call for people who need to get help. So I told him that I was going to set the prices to only what it costs to make the item and ship it to somebody's door who orders it. So the people who buy it pay for shipping, but we make zero dollars, zero pennies off these items. Oh, no. And and that way we got phone cases, flags, T-shirts sweatshirts so that when uh they they host their uh suicide awareness rallies they have flags to wave they have t-shirts to wear they can look like a a solidified group and people can uh kind of get behind the movement and help those to think that there's not enough to go around for you know time to help somebody or whatever and prevent loss of life that shouldn't be taken yeah, and, and so it's... I told him I was going to do this, and I sat down the other night and I put some serious time into to designing these products. 
and we've seen the quality of our products that come in, phone mm-hmm. cases, T-shirts, things like that. And Fine. so we know the quality is good. So I know people are going to buy a good product, and we're going to make nothing off of it other than oh. the fact that we're going to try and be altruistic. There's that word again. And and use what 17 countries we're in, mm-hmm. uh, almost 1,500 listeners, and uh, our sponsor, everybody that, that can listen, it can order a product. It costs. We make nothing off it. It only costs for to ship it and make it. And you can advertise this phone number, this product, mm. and help raise awareness not just one month but all year long yeah. for those who feel like they got nothing left and they they want to take themselves out we're going to try and prevent that yeah. so it's a non-profit campaign i started well no. I, I know i didn't consult you no 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 but no I, I, I knew you'd be behind it because me and you have both faced those situations mm-hmm. as opposed to we know people who have committed suicide and yeah. we want to stop that yeah I so had a, I had a good we're kind of doing our own all within my hands but it's going to be an anti-suicide help save a life campaign. Yeah, no, I had a friend. Um, it's probably been about two, three years ago. Um, I mean, I don't know what he was going through. Um, you know, we'd party and stuff, and uh, I know after uh, he lost his mom, uh, he took it really hard. He led his house. Uh, my ex and a friend went to go clean the house for him, and then um, just one day uh, he put a shotgun in his mouth. And yeah. Um, I know a few people that have done that, and it's, uh, it, it was tough. Like when I found out, I was like, "Holy shit!" I mean, I I knew he was going through, you know, a tough thing. I mean, it's not, you know, losing. I mean, losing a parent. I mean, because you know, he was especially especially close with his mom. Yeah, um, I mean, think of how my was, kid feels. Yeah, yeah, and um, I I I wouldn't know if I lost my mom. I mean, I lost my dad, and I took it really, really fucking hard. Um, I know to this day you still do. The pain never goes away. You just find days, ways but, um, of dealing with you it. Know, Lu- um, you know, something that happened to my mom, um, I couldn't guarantee what would happen the next day or the next week. Cause well, I'm going to tell you right now, you can always call me. you got a place to stay. You know I'll always be there for you. Anybody out there who listens, our email is readyplayerquestions at gmail.com. If you need somebody to talk to, email us. I answer all the emails. Mm-hmm. I, I screen them. I do all the work on the email side. Trust me, if you need somebody to talk to, I will pray with you. I will talk to you. I will email you back. Whatever it takes, don't end your life. Trust me, there are better things out there. I've been in that situation. Everybody has. Yeah. But I sleep five feet away from a closet full of guns. I, I carry one on my hip every day. The, cr- the thought crosses my mind all the time, but I don't do it because I know it's not worth it. God's on my side. So given that, we're going to jump into the next album, which is called Death Magnetic. It's like things that are meant to be don't have to be forced. This is a coffin surrounded with uh, iron and metal and stuff like that. You know how you drag a magnet through the sand and it picks up all the magnets? How did that... Because I'm the fucking man, baby. How do we go from doing that? It's called a transition. Look it up. I'll get you a dictionary and a thesaurus. So we're turning a negative into a positive here. We're going to call it positively death magnetic. So so this is the the last shots out of our uh, blackened bottle that I bought last week. Rat bastard. So we went too hard in the paint last time. Oh, yeah. So the bottle is yours. Cool. I'll put it up here on the shelf with the others, and if we get a decent amount of emails over this episode, uh, maybe we'll ship this one out to somebody. Yeah. We'll sign it, and then we'll ship it out to somebody. 
Um, but yeah, well, I want you to find us a song off of this album because I know we had a they Metallica had an a- absolutely epic producer come back for this album, and I have absolutely nothing but love for this whole album. Oh shit! Let's see. We're running out of room on that shelf of liquor bottles up there. We're going to have to start getting a serious studio. Oh, what the fuck? I don't know. What the fuck, Chuck? What the fuck, over? You know, you get on the PA system. What the fuck, over? <laughs> so, um... Oh, yes, yeah, so the internet's out, yeah. Yeah, so, you're going to have to use your phone. Yeah. We got bad weather out here in California right now. I know it seems crazy, but we actually get rain in California. Um... But we have the day that never comes is probably one of my favorites. Oh, when I when yeah. I heard this song on the radio, you know, I was on on my way over. Um, I uh, I had the I, I have this. Uh, I don't know if you maybe you burned it or maybe I got it from my cousin. No, last episode you said that somebody burned it for you when you gave them a copy of an album. Oh, okay, that was my cousin. Yeah, yeah. So and and yeah, day that never comes. Um, this definitely um, uh, one of my favorite songs. What the. F- Okay, so when I heard this song on the radio, I was working on a job out in Fresno, and I remember hearing the guy singing on the radio going, yeah, or whatever at the end, you know how James Hetfield does it? Uh And I was like, this sounds like a band that's trying to impersonate Metallica. And then when I found out this was Death Magnetic, I was like, holy shit, I called it. Yeah, But um, it wasn't a band impersonating him. It was just James Hetfield, and his his voice had matured, and they, they yeah. went through. Yeah. And then they found out that producer came back, and it was fucking amazing. Oh, okay. Okay, so um, as we were talking about, uh, uh, I, I didn't talk about the years. Okay, so Reload came out in 97. Uh, St. Anger came out six years later. In 2003. Okay, so that explains a lot because they Hetfield was going through rehab. Mm-hmm. They were signing a new bassist. They were doing the documentary mm-hmm. and they were producing the album and recording music videos. So that explains a lot. Yep, yep. So then it comes to five years later and here's Death Magnetic. This is the first album since Injustice for All to not be produced by Bob Rock. Right. Who's been the longtime producer. Right. The first album with Robert Trujillo. Correct. The first full album credited with and Robert produced Trujillo. and everything with Ron Bass. Yeah. And this is going to be... The, the song I actually want to play is Suicide and a Redemption. Okay. What about that one? So this is the first instrumental since To Live Is To Die from Injustice For All. Wow. Holy shit. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Okay, wow. Okay, that's kind of blowing my fucking mind. So, uh, well, here, let's fucking just finish off this bottle here. Okay, let's cheers to this uh, album. Oh, you gave me the most because, yeah, that's smart because you got to drive. So, cheers (laughs) to you on that, sir. (sighs) Holy shit. Oh. Oh, that burns like a hog's ass and a spoonful of chili. Oh, baby Jesus. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Okay, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're going to jump right into this song. This is Suicide and Redemption off of Death Magnetic by Metallica.
I can tell back to the Bob Rock because back to the long intros. Well, this wasn't produced by Bob Rock. It sounds like his influence. Oh, no, but it's somebody better than Bob Rock. Oh, I want to hear this after. Legendary producer. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. (laughs) I don't want to interrupt it. I really like this. It's all instrumental. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You said instrumental. No lyrics. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm fucking special. I'm, like, waiting for the hook to come, and it never comes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just jamming out, and I kind of forget where I'm at. It's a good song. So, this album is produced by one of the most legendary producers. And this guy is a co-founder of Jeff Dan... Yeah, Def Jam Recordings. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Jam, huh? The Def Jam Recordings. He's uh, he's produced BC Boys, Ghetto Boys, Run DMC, Public Enemy, I LR fucking love Cool Ghetto J, Boys. Danzig, Slayer, The Cult, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Reggie Gus Machine, The Strokes, Weezer, Audio Slave, Aerosmith, Linkin Park, System of a Down, Johnny Cash, and The Chicks. And this is the legendary Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin, that's the guy they went to. That's right. Yeah. He, legendary dude. Oh, my God. He has produced most of the legendary fucking albums of all time. And I, I knew his name. I'd seen it all over the place. When I'd looking up different shit, I'm like... And they talk the about f- him in some kind of monster documentary... Because they went to him after uh, so many years, oh. and he produced this album, which relaunched to me. It relaunched their career yeah. and made them who they were again. See, like when when this album came out, I I, I heard, I don't know, I, I got that vibe from like maybe um, a little bit of black a, album, a black and and justice, yes, maybe or maybe maybe a mix of black and kill 'em all, just kind of like fast. It, it just, felt like Metallica again. Yes. It, it made you believe in yeah, them again. Because so, you go from the black, then you listen to Load, Reload, yeah. St. Anger. All three of those albums had sound nothing like the previous five. Except for Load and Reload. But you can, if you look over, like hindsight's always twenty twenty, like right. Megadeth said. If you look back over those albums, you can see this wave of highs and lows. You mm. can see this transition in the band and when you look at deeper at the documentaries and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you can see what went into that and what caused those waves of ups and downs. And and then you look back at the album they just released, 
And you're like, oh my god, there's this... You have a an outside view of this retrospective look at the band. Yeah, like, yeah and this, this is exactly what I wanted for these past two episodes. Just like a ret- uh, retrospect, just... Okay, so we you know we start from like the you no know, seventeen eighteen years old, and by here they're probably fucking like our age because I think they're like in their fifties now. Yeah, and, you know, so I mean, you can see the transition, and they did want to get away from that that old sound. You know, you go from uh, injustice to black, so black sounds nothing like the previous four. Right, right, and but then you go into load reload. That's more of a, you know, like maybe a country rock style. Yeah, it had that twang to it. This and and so, so you see the Black Album, you see Injustice for All, mm. you see Kill Em All, you see Death Magnetic, That's you like, see Saint Anger, and it shows their high points in life. Mm-hmm. It shows their depths of their low points in life, i.e. I. Low Man's Lyric. Yeah. It, it shows a more well-rounded view of the band. You become like almost, like it's almost a cultural... Um, like acquired taste, mm-hmm. as opposed to just yeah, we're rock and roll. No, they went through their ups and downs, and we experienced it with them. And when we got to say anger, half the people fell off because a they didn't have the wisdom, i.e., me. I and didn't then, give a fuck. It. it was Metallica, and then and then it is Metallica. So I still supported them, but then I came back, and now today with your help. I have a new appreciation for St. Anger. Mm-hmm. I, I've matured, just like the band matured. I grew with them, and now we're at Death Magnetic, and I'm kind of making an executive decision. The day that never comes, to yeah. me, means so much more in my eyes. I don't know if you feel the same way, so I'm going to ask you. The day that never comes is is an album maybe they, they didn't think they were ever going to get back to, the sound they didn't get back to? You know that that... that- yeah, that it is kind of feels that like is that. a good idea, but like I, the fans were like, "Oh, this is a day that it's never going to come. So we're never going to have I, I a remember, Metallica back." I remember when the song came out because um, I was following uh, Skippy. I think this is towards the end of KRZR. Yeah, and I think Skippy uh, had posted something on Facebook because I was following her on Facebook, and uh, like, "Oh, the day of the com- no, the day that never comes." Like, what the day that Metallica finally retires? Oh, good point. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if it was her or Jen Lip because I, I followed. It's got to be them. Skippy because it was happening in the afternoon. Yeah, and to me, it was like fans were like, "Okay, the day that's never going to come is the day we never get our Metallica yeah. back." So the uh, a little background on the song. Oh shit, that sounds a little loud. Um, like their previous ballads, the downbeat songs, uh, compared to songs of the likes of Thin Lizzy. Intro starts out clean guitars, carrying to the verses while chorus is backed by heavily distorted guitars. Uh, the bridge speeds up gradually, and a long guitar solo uh, by him, a build-up comparable to that of One, Welcome Home Sanitarium, and Fade to Black. Ending the song with previously mentioned ballads, they're purely instrumental, featuring numerous solos and chord progressions. So the concept of the song, the uh, song lyrics or said tackle the subject of forgiveness and resentment. The band's drummer Lars Ulrich stated that the lyrics were inspired by a father-son relationship. The music video uses a different theme compared to the lyrics, however, instead depicting a military conflict in the Middle East involving the United States, similar to the ongoing Iraq War in Afghanistan, 
Despite the setting, however, no political statement was intended from Metallica. Frontman James Hetfield spoke on the lyrics of the song and the difference between the song's lyrics, music video, and intended vision. That's the beauty, I think, of writing vague and powerful lyrics. That someone like a movie director can interpret it in his own way and obviously somebody creative is able to take the metaphors and apply them to whatever he needs in his own life. The frontman explained, the main theme of the video is a human element of forgiveness and someone doing you wrong. You feel in resentment and you've been able to see through that in the next situation that might be similar and not take your rage or resentment out on the next person and basically keep spreading the disease of that through life. The one thing that I've been keen on here was Metallica plugging into a modern war or a current event that might be construed as some sort of political statement on our part. There's so many celebrities that soapbox their opinions and people believe it's more valid because they're popular. For us, people are people. You should all have your own opinion. We're hopefully putting the human element in what is an unfortunate part of life. There are people over there dealing with situations like this, and we're showing the human part of being there. Lead guitarist Kirk Hammett also stated that the concept of the video deals with humanity and the relationships between human beings and how one basic sense of humanity can override any sort of politicized now i like that they said that because that keeps with what we and me and you when we have a disagreement on what a song is about or artwork it keeps it subjective to the viewer or the listener as what you take from it you could be going through a bad day and the day that never comes is a good day you could be going through a a pay raise or or uh, uh that one chick you've been chasing you've wanted to like give her a kiss and tell her how much you love her and that day never comes it's subjective so they keep the lyrics vague and ambiguous there's another ten dollar word so excuse me it keeps it vague so that it's able to be interpreted from the listener and they also consider that just because somebody's in a different country fighting a different war in a different battle mentally physically and and intentionally that we don't consider them as humans but you know somebody that still deserves love and life yeah and i appreciate that so given that here is the day that never comes it starts out in a desert in the foothills i see what i could i i never knew that it was inspired by a father-son relationship which that's i that means a lot to me because i have a son now and that means a lot to me because i grew up without a dad so you got to know your dad so you have something i will never have but then i then I lost my dad. So yeah, but I mean, see, you still know where you get certain characteristics, certain uh, but I didn't, what you do with your hands. I didn't get to know him more until towards the end. That's, One day you will.
got something. Sorry, folks. YouTube kind of fucked us with ads real quick. So we're going to mute this real quick and then we'll skip it and get right back to the song. So sorry about that. That song right there is is deep, bro. Very deep. Like, say you're going through a bad relationship with your dad, and you're looking for the sunshine and the day that never comes, and you, you your dad passes, or you don't speak to each other anymore, and you never have that good day with him, or, you know, the, the war is never over, or whatever. It's very subjective, and I appreciate that they kept it vague, and... and Still but it's made a for your own interpretation. Yeah, exactly. And they kept it open, and it's like they still made a hit song. And oh, it's like, yeah. And they brought their old. There's so many layers to this song; it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I mean, I love the song. I mean, it is. I I think it's probably one of the best songs on the album. It brought um, it brought so many layers back, like you said. You know, the yeah. black album and all those others. It yeah. brought so many it, layers because it, it went through that kind of like that you have that melodic sound yeah. but then you have that that heavy sound like from and just for all or you know one of yeah, the, the, had, the, you know oh. the beginning albums 
So it's like a mix. And, and then we, it brought so much to the then table. Once, then once we get into uh, the, the last two albums, you can definitely hear that goes back into like the kill 'em all sound. Yeah, then yeah. definitely more, um, you know, more, you know, uh, back to like Metallica. They're where they start, but back Their to origins. Metallica sound. But it's even though it's not with you, you know with you know Newstead or uh, you know Cliff. Uh, you know, even with Stain, but now you have Rupture Heel. So, and he was playing for Ozzy. Yeah, that's exactly right. So and then he, he started he brought, out. He, he brought out a new, uh, new sound. And the only reason why they really got uh, brought him in, the fuck was that? I that? don't know. You I had, heard that. Yeah. Um. Fucking demons trying to fuck with me. Oh, you, you know what? Speaking of, so. Um, well, this, I mean, so Robert Trujillo started uh, out in suicidal tendencies. Yeah, but mm. as you were saying, yeah, then he was a uh, uh, then he was a basis for Ozzy, and then now Metallica. Uh, yeah, and and the, when they brought him in, uh, they seen that he was playing with just bass with you know just fingers. Yeah, no and, pit, and, then, and, then, and it reminded yeah, them of Cliff Burton. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly what Kirk Hammett said. Yeah, he's like, I that was fucking great. I haven't seen that since Cliff. And that, and that, that sealed that was, the deal. Everybody yeah, was like, holy shit, you're right. Yeah, and I mean, he has a great sound. I mean, you know, no no disrespect to Rupture Hill, but I mean, Cliff. Nobody beats but, Cliff for but Metallica. Just, but because that's the beginning albums. Right. So but, now Cliff, but everything happens for a reason, and, no. and Robert Trujillo brought them back. They, they came through their veil of fog. They were united again as a band, and they were ready to begin again. And then Robert Trujillo comes through and completes that quartet mm. of, you know, homage to, to Cliff Burton and and completed them as a band again. Mm. He was the only choice. Yeah. It was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. And and what you were saying after that sound, you're like, it reminded you of something. Oh, yeah. No, um, this morning when I got to work, uh, me and my buddy were in the office and... You know, I was I was printing out my uh, my papers. You know, because I you know had to make these papers for my uh, inventory so I can do my order later. Oh, so you day. keep a checklist and okay. Yeah, and uh, so and he's on the computer, and so but we're in the office and we have uh, all the monitors for all the cameras and right, right, in right. the store outside. You know, make sure everything you know is all legit. Safe. Yeah, yeah. So um, now I was about to walk away, and he's like, hey, "Did you see that?" And just from peripheral vision, we seen something in the store. I don't know what the fuck it was. It like it flew by the camera, uh, and he's like, bird. Oh, "I don't know." He's he's like, "Hey, what the fuck?" It's like, "You see that?" I'm like, "You know, I did." You know, I don't know what camera it was, <laughs> but just because I was turning my head, and then but just you know peripheral, like I see, I'm like, okay. I was like, okay, I thought I was fucking tripping. So you saw it too. I'm like, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, see, when shit like that happens, most people don't say nothing because they think the other person is going to think they're crazy. But you need to out this shit. You need to be like, speak up and say, yeah. and then if somebody doesn't see it and you're the only one who did, you're like, never mind, I'm crazy, and just carry on with your life and do what you got to do to expel those demons. Mm-hmm. But when somebody else sees it, you're like, yeah, see, that's what the fuck I'm talking about. I see that shit all the time. You got to out that shit. Because you know the you know, the devil runs away when you know, God's name is spoken. So mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know this shit more oh, than yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah. So 
Um, What's the next one off this album? Because this is a fucking badass album. So, and I know it's got to be between Unforgiven 3 or All Nightmare Long. Oh, actually, I got another one actually Ooh, I want to throw okay. in there. Okay, surprise me, Okay, Google. so uh, Death Magnetic made Metallica the first band to achieve five consecutive number one studio albums in the U.S. Billboard 200. That's what I'm talking about, baby. The album received positive reviews with critics saying the album marked a return to form for Metallica. Like we were saying. saying. Yes. Exactly. See, I didn't read It's genuine. It hits on all levels. We felt it. The critics felt it. The band felt it. Uh I mean, the world felt it. However, the album's production was criticized over overcompressed and cited as a product of a loudness war. The album and its songs were nominated for six... Grammy Awards. That's a lot. Five in uh, 2009 and one in 2010 and won three, including Best Metal Performance in support of the album. (laughs) Oh, give it to me. What is it? Metallica embarked on the World Magnetic Tour from October 2008 to November 2010. I love it. Four unreleased tracks from the album's recording sessions were later released on the Beyond Magnetic EP in December 2011. So, that Grammy they won for Best Metal Performance is for My Apocalypse. Oh, we gotta get into that song. That would be... We gotta play the... I know we might not play All Nightmare Long, which is one of my favorites. Oh, we're going to get to that one. Okay, and then we got to play Unforgiven 3. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, right. those, are, those are Unforgiven 3. We have to cover that. It's absolutely Oh, stable. yes. We, we got to go finish the, the trilogy. Trifecta. We got to finish the trilogy. Oh, that's a trifecta. That's a it's big a word trifecta. Right that's another word, which may be made up. I don't know. But uh, I don't Karina, know if that's in the dictionary or not. Yeah, I think trifecta is. Karina, um... Is that a word? Yeah, yeah you're, you're our uh, official uh, referee. You're our number episodes. one fan. <laughs> and Berta, you're our, you're our fucking... No, 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 not the second. Well, she may be the second. I'm not discrediting that. Oh, no. But she is our fan club president, so... Oh. She wants that title. We're going to give it to her. I don't know. I think Karina fucking uh, has that. I don't. She's number one fan. Karina's number one fan. And if we make it big, we, Karina has a job. Mm-hmm. That's for damn sure. Definitely. Oh, here, here we go with my apocalypse. <laughs> oh, fuck my ass. Whoa, easy killer. I'm losing the bet right now.
Okay, I know you found something because you were fucking celebrating over there. Sorry we don't have a video this week. That would have been really cool to see, but tell me what you found. Okay, so um, title of the album, Death Magnetic. Kirk Hammett played a role in inspiring the album title by bringing a photograph of deceased Allison Chain singer Lane Staley to the studio where Metallica was recording. That picture was there for a long time since Hammett. I think it pervaded James Psyche. Wondering why someone with Staley's talent would choose to use drugs so heavily and die so young, Heffield stated while writing the song based on his question, the song Rebel, Rebel of Babylon. On July 16, 2008, Heffield commented on the album's title, Death Magnetic, at least the title, to me started out as kind of a tribute to people who have been fallen to, that have fallen in our business. Mm. Like Lane Staley and a lot of people that have died, basically rock and roll martyrs of sorts. And then it kind of grew from there, thinking about death. Some people are drawn towards it, and just like a magnet, other people are afraid of it and push. Opposed, like the opposing polar poles of the magnet. Also, the concept that we're all going to die sometimes is over-talked about, and then... A lot of times never talked about. No one wants to bring it up. It's the big white elephant in the living room. But we all have to deal with it at some point. The title is referenced in the track My Apocalypse. According to him, another title considered for the album was Songs of Suicide and Forgiveness. Mm. Death Magnetic was eventually picked out of four working titles when Heffield met with a creative agency brought in to deal with the album's visual identity and as he discussed the songs it was clear that they were all linked to death facing up to the nature of death and the fear and attraction that surrounds death okay so a couple thoughts there was a time uh my buddy steve torres he went to a metallica concert and metallica went on stage because Allison Chains could not go on that night. Lane Staley and a bunch of other singer or a bunch of other people in the group, they got sick or mm. they had to go somewhere, they had to bail on the show. And Metallica went on stage and said, "We're going to play fucking Dirt or something like that. I forgot what song they played because Allison Chains is a bunch of fucking pussies and can't handle their drugs or their alcohol. Oh, no. And this was about the time they were going through their own drug and what? but they were still able to go on stage and play. And then some, I don't know if it was the same concert or years later, that same guy, my buddy Steve, he was in one of the videos from Metallica's music video when they panned across the audience. Mm -hmm. Oh No, I'm sorry. It wasn't the music video. It was the TV station recording the concert, and he was on. He was in the front row, and he was like putting up the rock on symbol with the two <laughs> fingers and, and saying, yeah, like that, and they just kind of panned over. So he's like three seconds of fame on the news channel or something. It's on YouTube somewhere, but... Uh, if you don't know who he is, you won't know who to look for in the video right. of the newscast, but he's on there. And it's funny that you said this is a tribute to people who have passed in our industry and that Lane Staley's picture was up in the studio when they were recording because now it comes full circle. Like He he, he feels like maybe he did wrong by calling Alice and Chains a bunch of pussies. Right. So given that, here is... You want to do this one? Um, Actually, the... Uh 
I kind of jumped the gun because I figured you were going to go for this one next. Um, what, uh, oh, um, no, yeah. actually. Okay. Um, I'll say it all nightmare long. Okay, yeah, we could do definitely do that. And one. then we'll do the final. Unforgiven 3. Yeah. Yeah. No, no problem. We could do that. I, I was, I was, I knew it was between one of those two, so I took a chance to see which one it was going to be. So yeah, here we but, go you know, with I, All Nightmare Long. I, I really, I, I love All Nightmare Long. And Me too. Then after the song, you know, we got some um, uh, lyrical meanings behind right. it. Well, let's get into it.
That's dude. I that is probably my favorite song off the whole album. I know yeah. I probably said that about others, but dude, oh, that yeah. one just fucking has so much energy, like fuel, like oh, dude, no. like, oh my god. Uh, and well, for the lyrical meaning, yeah, I've been dying oh, to hear yeah. that. So um, I never look this shit up. I just enjoy it, see, and that's and, no, and, and that's what you bring to the table. Is all this research see, and this I, knowledge, and I haven't really been look. I mean, I go through the album okay i want to use this song this song this song and if they there's something background i'm not going to look at it i want this all you know authentic reaction to we both experience of us. it together with our listeners yes that, yeah. that feeling of us being yeah, as so close I mean, to people together so I mean, that's why like some I, I kind of i mean I, I do put in my full ass on these episodes but i kind of want to half-ass it too Cause I don't want to go full. I don't want to go into. I know all this shit, and so there's no real reaction from me. There's no. There's you no room for growth or learning from you. So I go. Right, so yeah, I, it, I there's, a, there's, there, there's an element of reciprocation from the other person or the audience. <laughs> no, not or, too much reciprocation, there, buddy. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to do a double dutch rudder. <laughs> no double dutch rudders here. Okay, if you know, you know. <laughs> Hey, I got the, I got the my first joke of the night. <laughs> okay, uh, the, shoot it. Yeah, shoot okay. What is it? So, I gotta hear uh, it. <laughs> so uh, James Hetfield commented on songs lyrical meaning, and look, we've been talking all night. I like to keep it vague as possible so you can plug into your life. Yeah, it almost didn't make it. The chorus is a leftover from Saint Anger. Whoa! It was an attempt to get back to the. H.P. Lovecraft mythos with thing that should not be called Cthulhu. This was about the hounds of Tindalos, which is another crazy mind fuck about these wolves that hunt through their nightmares, and the only way to get them away from them is to stay within angles. You can't even escape through sleep. Wow, that's almost like a Freddy Krueger reference. Yeah, so I see in pop culture, the song came on uh, Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock. Gotta and get then that of, game course, now. of course, it was on Guitar Hero Metallica. Yeah. Uh, All Night Long appeared in documentary McConkie. Never heard of that. No, I'm no. Have to look that up. No. WWE used this song as official theme for the 2008 pay per view No Mercy. Wait, uh, WWE or WE? WWE. Oh, okay. I miss I misheard you. And and the video package to vote winner take all for the WWE and Universal Championship at Universal thirty eight. So I'm curious about this event. So no no mercy two thousand eight. They used Metallica's song. So the biggest um matches there was um World Heavyweight Champion Chris Jericho Beat Shawn Michaels in a ladder match. Mm. You had WWE Champion Triple H beating Jeff Hardy in a standard wrestling match. Um, Batista defeated JBL. Uh, Second standard match between wrestlers SmackDown was with Big Show defeated The Undertaker. Mm. And third was a predominant match from the ECW brand. This is when they had, this is when the WWE had. 
first bought out WCW, ECW. Okay. And I remember that because they were that. separate entities. And yeah, sometimes so, they did a crossover. So it was, it was like three different uh, shows, but yeah. they put them all on one big. Okay. Um, the standard match, ECW championship and right, right, champion right. Matt Hardy defeated Mark Henry. Huh. So, yeah, that's a little um, little tidbit. And, no, I mean, these WF. Whatever the fuck you want to call them, use Metallica songs. So I hey. still prefer to call them WWF. Yeah, I still call the WWF. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah. Um, so I think that's well. About- we got to cover Unforgiven oh, Three. That's right. We have uh, one more. I almost asked you if that was it for this album, and then I was realized, oh yeah, we got to cover Unforgiven Three. Oh, we got to so- finish the trifecta, i.e., the trilogy. Yeah. Which who knows how many more albums they're gonna do. If they're going to do a part four, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm dying to know. So before you uh, go into the song, let's go into the little um, thing. So Unforgiven 3 is structured similarly to Unforgiven, containing heavy verse and soft chorus. Unforgiven 2 had the opposite of having a soft verse, heavy chorus. Just like we said. The chorus of Unforgiven 3 is missing the what I felt, what I've known phrase that was included in his predecessor's courses. Unforgiven 3 is also missing opening a horn note and said beginning with an acoustic piano with a horn section in the background. Chord's progression during the piano intro is the same as the courses of the previous songs unlike its predecessors. Unforgiven 3 features as the seventh track on Death Magnetic, due to the band wanting The Day That Never Comes to be the fourth track after they return to writing ballads. Mm. However, due to the song being the counterpart of The Day That Never Comes is the fourth song uh, from the closing of the album, which is the first Unforgiven not to be released as a single or to have a music video. Wow. Yeah, that's right. There's no music video for so this. I didn't a, realize that. In an interview with MTV, James Heffield said that <laughs> the song is continuation of the same storyline about sin and consequence, forgiveness and unforgiveness. Heffield has also said that of all parts of the Unforgiven, this is his favorite. Robert Shahew said it's got a great flow, very dynamic, and somehow connected to the remaining body music of the album. Wow, it's I, you know a lot of times I like you to give um, the background after the song to see if people can relate to what the artist did, but sometimes like on this song I like when you do it before the song because it gives me this perspective to look at it like oh shit I totally so see it gives that. you the perspective how to listen to what yeah to... sometimes I like to see how the artist did it before you I know, hear it and, 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 and I, I know I know what you mean because you know we're talking about the you know the, like the past album like the other songs you know about you know, Suicide Redemption and you know we did that at the end yeah so could you listen to it and then you find out but I mean this is unforgiven I right mean, it's, and so since we have heard this song and people who love this album have heard this song mm-hmm. now they get a different perspective like me and you and people who've listened to this album have two different points of view on it uh-huh. and we have a more well-rounded opinion yeah, I'm, because I'm, now we know what the artist said and what we thought in the and first I'm, place I'm definitely getting a different um, vibe uh, 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 perspective from because that's what I'm saying. You know, because like I said, I'm not I'm not looking up all this shit. This is 
you know, brand new information to me. Sometimes the better written episodes are unwritten. And I'd and, rather... And, and there's times where you write episodes where it's it's better than it's written. I mean, because, like, some of the shit... If, if you see my fucking skit... Skitchishrack, my chicken scratch fucking handwriting. Skitchishrack. <laughs> yeah, skitchishrack. Okay. Yeah, my chicken scratch handwriting. But I mean, a lot of the shit I already knew. Yeah, right. But right, right. but going into the songs, yeah, I there's nothing I didn't know about half this shit. Okay, well let's get into this. And this was Unforgiven Three off Death Magnetic by Metallica.
a long fucking song. Yeah. Search for seas of gold. How come it's got so cold? How can I be lost in the memories I relive? And how can I blame you when it's me I can't forgive? Yeah, he loves that. His favorite word is yeah. Yeah. But he, he ends all his songs with forgive. Yeah. And I love that. I love he that. That's his like, signature yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a a white guy thing or an oaky thing or something, but he's like yeah. Uh, I don't like know. A, it's almost like a NASCAR thing, like yeah. Yeah. Cowboy um, shit or something. So that was uh death death magnetic. Um, it definitely, it's, it's, it definitely, uh, back to style of Metallica. Uh, I, I mean, I thought it was a great album. Um, I'm, I have it in my CD, in my, in my car right now and listen to that. Yeah, I um, have it on and, my phone. It's definitely one uh, of my gotta have albums. Heart, uh, actually, you, you're jumping up, uh, Yeah, so. I know, I know. You, you keep doing what you're doing. No, yeah, you need to go to, uh, Hardwired. You keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I am doing what I'm doing. I'm telling you what album to go to. You keep doing what you're doing. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, uh, now we're getting to their 10th studio album, which is Hardwired to Self-Destruct. And this was released as a double album. You know, I didn't realize this one had been released until way later. Because I was at that point in life where I'm working, I got a kid on the way... All this shit's going crazy. I had no idea. I, I didn't have my finger on the pulse mm. of Metallica. I didn't know this album had came out till way too late. And then I'm hearing it on the radio and in my Pandora, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. And so this came out in 2016, November 18th. Oh, tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Wait, no, no. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow will be, uh, what? For what, seven years since the album came out? Yeah, and you know what's funny is this album came out in 2016, right? My kid was born in 2015, so that's what I was going through at the time. I was involved in my kid. Mm. I had no idea they released an album because nothing else mattered, i.e. Black Album, <laughs> but my kid. Well, so, you know, I, this is coming full circle here yeah, in this I, album. I didn't know either. I don't, is either my sister had told me or my Uncle Frank... Like, somebody told me, like, oh, do you hear the new Metallica? I'm like, what? What? Yeah, what? Uh, what? Yeah, you feel like such a we, non-fan because you've yeah. been following for 20 fucking years and all of a sudden an album comes out and you're like, what? Yeah, because, I mean, I really didn't listen to, like, a whole lot of radio because I didn't like the bullshit that they were fucking playing. Yeah, I didn't like so, commercials. I kind of switched over to Pandora. I was listening, yeah, so yeah. I listen to all this. And then plus, you know, I'm I'm still, you know, I'm working at Walmart, so I mean, I really have no time for myself. Really. That's right, you were working at Walmart at the time, holy yeah. shit. because yeah. yeah, I started over there in uh, 2013. I used to love going to Walmart and fucking with you, like, hey, yeah, you stacking bananas, you playing with another man's yeah. bananas? Yeah. I used to love going there and fucking with you, it was yeah. a good time. So, uh, this is a double, their double album, released in 2016. And it was released by their own label, Blackened Recordings. I.e. the liquor we drank, baby. <laughs> That's right. Woo! 
But it was uh, their first studio album in eight years following Death Magnetic, which was 2008, marking the longest gap between two studio albums in the band's career. And the double album, the second album, has nothing but live recordings. And it was also their first studio album released through the record label Black and Recording. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hardwired to Selfish Struggle was produced by Greg Fieldman, who entered in mixed um, Death, um, Death Magnetic. Oh, really? I thought also, you said... they use the same producer um, from Death Magnetic for Hardwired to Self-Destruct. And what was the name of the producer? Uh, Greg Fieldman. Okay, I Fe- thought it was Fiel- the other guy. Fieldman. I thought it was... Um... Uh, he's a frequent collaborator of producer Rick Rubin, who worked with many bands, okay, okay. blah, blah, blah. Um, and also worked on albums by U2, Johnny Cash, Neil Diamond, and others. Hmm. Wow. Okay, yeah. So, so um, yeah, the second half of the album has Ronnie rising instead of, you know, Ronnie's song. And, mm. and then they have A Blind Man Cries. They have Remember Tomorrow, Helpless, Hit the Lights, Four Horsemen, Ride the Lightning. They faded, they faded black. They went back to their roots. Oh, those are uh, the live. Yeah, that's the second half of the album. So, uh, which is really cool. This was Metallica's sixth consecutive studio album to debut at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200. God, I love this band. Selling 291,000. Album equivalent units in its first week and topping the charts in 57 countries. Number one ranking marked the second time in history that any band of any genre would have six consecutive albums debut at number one following only Dave Matthews' band. Hardwired to Self-Destruct received generally positive reviews from critics and in 2020... Lars Ulrich ranked it as his favorite Metallica album. How how astute, there's a $10 word, to name that as your favorite Metallica album after all this time. But to, more so, if you guys look up the cover of Hardwired to Self-Destruct, you can see all four band members having this multiverse outlook of four different faces on one body. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a culmination, $10 word, of all their struggles, their frustrations, their mm-hmm. road trip as a band, and hardwired to self-destruct because they know they're going to die, death magnetic. Everything that they've gone through. Yeah, it, you know, to me, losing... to you, to, it seems like a, a, a perfect storm of all four band members and yeah. what they've been through. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, especially the, the original three, you know, going the, on their third basis. Yeah. And, and then so this they is bring the second, this is who, second album that he, you know, actually had credit on, yeah. and he was actually to be able to play on. And then that new bassist, Rob Trujillo, reminds him of Cliff Burton. Yeah. Holy shit! This is there's yeah. a lot of levels. So, um, and uh, speaking of, in 2011, uh, Rob Trujillo said that the band had returned to the studio to begin writing new material. The writing process for the new Metallica album had begun. We've been in the studio with Rick Rubin working on a couple things and we've been recording during most of the year. Lars Ulrich this said in 2013, what we're doing now certainly sounds like a continuation of Death Magnetic. I love Rick Rubin. We all love Rick. We're in touch with Rick constantly. 
We'll see where it goes. It could stun me if the record came out in 2013, which it didn't. <laughs> and the album actually came out in 2016. Um, it will be all about making a new Metallica record. He said the album would be definitely released during 2015. <laughs> <laughs> the way to keep it ambiguous and vague. Uh, did Trujillo and Kirk Hammett later confirm the band's intention to enter the studio? So, and yeah, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of, the night before show, in 2016, during the night before show at AT&T Park, prior to Super Bowl 50, I remember that, they they, they had the whole stadium to themselves right before the Super Bowl, uh, James Hatfield said the band was near the end of the recording process, and Org said the album would be released soon. So, of course, they could be ambiguous. Yeah, they're giving a big teaser, a big, yeah. uh, like, like that hot chick that says, oh, we'll fuck soon, and then chooses a big tease, and then you eventually fuck, and you're like, wow, this took long enough. So, like fans. So, I'm thinking of, oh, yeah, yeah that, that, that's on my list. Okay, let, let's let's do yeah. the, okay. the hit song off of it, so, Atlas Rise. Uh, Atlas Rise. Oh, and there's some trivia on this one. Good. Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, so this this album, I've heard the songs. I didn't buy the album. I definitely love the energy they bring. Mm-hmm. The uh, dude, it just it makes me feel like they could never stop. And I appreciate this band more than they will ever know. They 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 have no idea how much they've influenced mine and yours lives, yeah, or yours and mine. Yeah. I should say. Um, Dude, I gotta hear the trivia on this. What yeah. what do you got? Um so uh Atlas Rise was released on October thirty first, twenty sixteen. Halloween, baby. And received a Halloween theme promotion 
Singles release was promoted with a limited edition free hardwired Halloween mask at participating record stores that contained a special download code to be able to access the track 30 minutes earlier than the full public release. Dude, I would love to have that mask. It was performed live for the first time in Bogota, Colombia. Wow. On November 1st, 2016. Wow. I mean, wow. It just, I mean, that's not a big trivia, but I mean, that's, that's cool. I that, love that. that yeah. Uh, any little tidbit, because I'm a super fan like you are. Oh, and, yeah. And any little tidbit that I didn't know is great. So, yeah. it, it, dude, I can't. Um, shit. I don't. Oh my god! I mean, I, I have mean, songs. I kind of want to do all the hits off this one, but oh, what do you actually, got? I'm actually, I just picked one at a random. I'm looking at Lords of Summer. Okay, let me see if I can find that one. Lords of Summer. Here we go. Um, so, um, I have it. I'm queuing it up right now. But so, is there anything okay, on it. So, uh, according to drummer Lords, all right, the song was inspired by the band's then upcoming 2014 tour, as he explained in an interview given to Metal Hammer magazine. It's about being outdoors and festivals, and here we are again. Being an up-tempo thrash metal song, much in the vein of Metallica's earlier works from the 1980s, and being self-referential, oh, that's a big word right there, Yeah. in nature in terms of its lyrical content, the song alludes to the number of now classic tracks from the particular period. Most notably, Four Horsemen, No Remorse, both from Kill em All, 83. Pounding, Pounding, No Remorse, Lords of Summer, Set on Course, Pushing, Pushing, Horsemen Ride, Lords of Summer, Undenied. Holy shit, I love that. Wow. I ran, I said. I gotta hear this, dude. We're jumping into this. Lords yeah. of Summer. I actually sounded pretty good saying that. <laughs> that was good. You, you didn't fuck it up. That was good. I love how they show them setting up the stage, the fans, the the road trip, them practicing the guitar in the car. I mean, it's an official music video, so please look it up. I mean, there's nothing like an energy feeling that you get from the crowd knowing your lyrics and playing on stage. It's got to be the greatest feeling in the world. I mean, sex is cool and all, but have you ever played on stage? Definitely hear the the sound that Robert Trujillo's throwing into. Dude, he's bringing some energy. Hey, no offense to Cliff Burton, but I think now with he, this, he's, the, he's the, the bringing them back sound, to who they were. The, it, I mean, there's, 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 there's you, you can't, you know, compare them. Yeah. And James is going fast. I love it. Oh, 
Oh, okay. So, do you remember that sound of the uh, the ground shaking, like back in the you know the kill 'em all days? Yeah, it's like you know that that speed metal. That's when everybody's you know going ape shit. Yeah. So I mean, that's a, like a reference to you know their earlier albums. You know what I love is that they never forgot where they came from. Yeah. That that's an appreciation. Like, okay, so okay, let me take me let me take you on a journey for real quick. So I do side work, electrical side work for a, a buddy of mine. He happens to be a lawyer. He's an Armenian lawyer. And when System of a Down came out with their mm. Armenian campaign and they right. were doing that stuff to raise money, I sent it to him, and I, I don't know what he did with it, but this guy is a very successful lawyer. He does tax law, all kinds of... He's a lawyer for other lawyers. Yeah. Now, that's pretty fucking big. Huh. This guy's worth unlimited amounts of money. He's like a millionaire, but... He asked me one time when I do side work for him, he goes, why do you charge me so little for the work that you do? I said, two reasons. One, I would rather have the job done right than have your house burned down. Two, you you could literally afford anything you want in this entire planet, and you drive a Jeep Grand Cherokee, you own a three-bedroom house in Clovis, You're, you live well below your means and you don't treat me any differently because you could literally buy and sell anything i've ever wanted you treat me with respect no matter what no matter how much money you have i said that's the reason why i do everything i can for you in the utmost highest quality for the lowest price because you deserve it you earned it you came here with nothing in your pockets built a million dollars out of nothing and i appreciate that not many people like you are out yeah. there, and knowing that never, you make so never, much money, you could fucking okay, you could so, jack your prices up. Yeah, like some people would. I, I could literally charge almost ninety bucks an hour for the work I do, but I don't for veterans and people who treat me like that. And I literally have the longest beard and look like some uh, hitman and shit, but. He never forgot where he came from. I don't either, and neither did Metallica, which, i.e., they tie into their roots, they pay tribute to their fans, they went through their addictions, their struggles, their their band members, i.e., the bassist, and they keep, they keep coming back to who they are at the core, and I love that, and I appreciate that. And not many people see it on the level that I do or you do. Yeah, and, and, and I, that's I what definitely, I appreciate. I definitely see it, and, and I, I hear the transition. I mean, like we've been saying all episode, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, with la- like even with you guys listening, you know, last week we started on this journey, and we're re- rediscovering Metallica. It, it's been, and, and it's you know, just as this self discovery of. You know, yeah, we listen to these songs, we know these songs, but there, there's that point that, okay, so what are the, you know, like, when we were growing up listening to these songs, we didn't know what they were about, we didn't have the resources that we do now. Yeah. And so, you know, listening to them and then actually be able to do, I mean, especially me, what I love looking up all this shit and finding new, uh, information. Uh, new, new information on them. And then shit that can you know, uh, you know, uh, share with our listeners and especially with Mike, and you know, got him to change his, his perspective on yeah. a certain on a certain song, and then keep going and just just writing, 
and I'm just picking random songs off of these albums. And then, you know, while we're recording, all, here it comes. I'm looking up these songs, and I'm, the, oh, there's information that I didn't know. I mean, there's, you know, there's some songs that, you know, definitely I knew nothing about. And, and they, some of it touched me just, you know, from, you know, that song that it was a father-son um, and no relationship, which, no, I yeah, I kind of have and, one. And me and you have different per- perspectives yeah. on the father-son relationship, mm. which is it, it, the more we talk and the more we sit down and look at the situations we've been through, it's almost like a full circle, well-rounded view of both yeah. situations. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've been loved doing all this, and um, I mean, I'm, we're absolutely attracted to this band. The idea, the trivia of this band, and uh, it's an executive decision, but we're drawn to this band like a moth to a flame. So here's the song "Moth to a Flame." But how do you know that was on the first song on my because list? Because I know you, boo boo. <laughs> it's, it's damn near like we're ex wives or some shit. <laughs> Here we go. Let's get into it. Oh, this is a great song.
So, um, yeah. Okay, so cool. Um, dude, we got to jump into the next album. We're pushing two hours and 45 minutes, and I know it doesn't matter, but we're well beyond YouTube time, and we don't have a video episode, so we got to jump into uh, the last album they studio produced, which came out yeah. this year. Yeah. So I, I'm going to load it up. You, you go do your thing real quick. Uh, do my thing, huh? Yeah, I don't uh, know what your thing is. I don't want to see it. I want to put my thing down. I don't want you to put it down because <laughs> I just cleaned everything. So <laughs> please don't get your man boy butter all over this. <laughs> oh. okay, okay, so, so that brings up a question. I said boy butter. <laughs> that That's another thing for for, for men. You know, there's another one. I came up with one that's called welding socks together. And then a buddy of mine in high school, he said, yeah, I shoot all my babies down the drain. And I don't... A question for the listeners out there. Shoot us an email. Readyplayerquestions at gmail.com. What is your personal reference or the funniest one you've ever heard for um, the male um, product that comes out? I've drowned the babies a few times. I've used weld the socks to get... I'm a professional... Professional sock welder, oh. you know the boy butter, the glaze, the uh, and, uh, the protein shake, I've, whatever uh, the fuck. There's somebody you know? that was a cannibal at one time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there was a joke I have that was like I got in trouble. <laughs> I got in trouble with this girl at work because she sent. I got sent to HR because I told her she so she told me that she had swallowed some nut, and I said. Uh, oh no! She said she said her throat was itchy, and I said it's probably all them kids in there playing around. Oh shit! <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Oh yeah, it's kind of fucked up, but it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um. Okay. So hard hardwired to self destruct came out in 2016. So we got seven years now. So 72 seasons. The last album. Hopefully, it's not the last Metallica album. Right. But you given that they did seven they're, years between this album and the last one, you gotta think they're raising their kids, seeing them off to yeah. college, spending time with their wives, enjoying the <clears> money <throat> that they have to build on their properties, yeah. all that shit. Yeah. So um, it's on their own record label, Black and Rec Recordings. It's about uh, time they started their own label. It, you know what I mean? Seventy-two seasons were produced by Greg Fieldman. Feed Feed Fiedelman. Fiedelman. F I D E L M A N. That's like a Kirsten? 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 Kirsten, yeah. yeah. And he produced uh, <laughs> the Hardwired to Self Destruct in the band's second studio album released through Black. And so this is their second self produced technical, oh, you know, uh, their own record label. Right. I mean, after being in the fucking the recording business. For forty fucking years, I mean, you should have had your own label, you know, thirty years ago. Right, and I mean, most artists start their own label, mm-hmm. um, clothing line, liquor, all that shit. Yep. Like Fifty Cent did, did um, <coughs> vitamin water yep. and all that shit. He was fifty percent owner. It, 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 <laughs> no, but they were mo- 50, 50 Cent was fifty percent owner of his own company. Dude, I didn't put that together till just now. That's great. That's funny. Oh, wow, that's like alcoholics have that moment of clarity. I just had a eureka moment on this, a moment of clarity. So. I, since you have nothing written for this album, oh, I'm, so I, I got I, one cured up. Okay, so um, I, up. I I do cured cured up. 
Cured up? It's cured up. It's cured up. I got it cured up. It's going to cure up our cued. So the album generally released received positive reviews from critics who mostly praise Heffield's lyrics and vocal performance but criticize the album's length. 72 Seasons received three nominations for the 66 Grammy Awards. Best Rock Album, Best Rock Performance for Luxie Turner, and Best Metal Performance for 72 Seasons. Mm. 72 Seasons includes Metallica's longest song to date, Inno Morata, where runs for over 11 minutes. Wow. Yeah, that's definitely not going to be our outro song. No. But if <laughs> if those who are fans of the show, the, as much as you are fans of Metallica, hopefully, um, our cover album this week <laughs> is going to be a 72 Seasons cover with our own name on it mm-hmm. in Metallica letters. I put a lot of work into this. Yeah, I spent you did. a lot of time. I spent a lot of collaborating with Matt yeah. talking about this. And... Um, I can't say enough about our appreciation for Metallica. So, in that light and aspect, let's get into Lux Eterna. This is a great song. I fucking love this, dude. There he goes with that, yeah. Yeah. I love it, dude. It's That song is so high energy. It fucking, oh my god. Mm-hmm. It makes me, I'm so fucking pumped right now. I love that song. And, I, I can't know, get like, enough of it. And like he's, you had said, no, you know, we turn on myself during the song. Because we don't want to be talking over it. I mean, yeah, we, we have a little we, side we, note. We have a little chit-chat. We, which, when we, we get we better the, at this, we're going to have side cameras and no, stuff to um, do We videos. want, you know, the listeners to, you know, enjoy as much as we do. I mean, and a lot of these songs and a lot of stuff, I know, having listened to this whole album, I mean, out of all the albums they've done, all 11 albums, this is the one that I have not listened to every single song. I know. I know you're taking your time to listen to it, and I've... I've put a little bit of pressure on you to listen to it because I know what this album is because I've heard it, and I'm excited for you to feel the same excitement I have about it, 
and I know you're taking your time because it's going to happen when you're ready. And when you do, you're going to see eye to eye with me on this album. My thing is, like, you know, do, do my research for it. I mean, just like last week, you know, what did I have? I had, I had songs written down from every album. Right. Until we got to the Black Album, which, nothing. Because that one, we fucking went almost, like, what, two hours on just that one fucking album. Right. And so, So, like, then I took control. I know when to take control. Because, like, this one, you have nothing written down. I know I'm going to take control. I'm going to do the next one. I mean, just it's exact executive decision. So you're showing me songs that I haven't listened to yet. Cause this is the flip this, side of that that uh, <laughs> coin of fate, so to speak. Yeah, because um, the only ones I've heard that have been played on the radio, right, is Seventy Two Seasons and Luxie Turner. Those are the only two songs I've heard from this album. Okay, so, so this I, one right I, here, I know nothing about the rest of it, and this, this is all brand new to me. Okay, so this one right this. here. Is one of my tippy top favorites other than Luxie Turner because of the energy Luxie Turner brings. But this one right here is Darkness Had a Sun. I want you to give your full review on this one after. this song is if darkness and evil had a son what would it be i want to hear your review when it's done so i'm gonna let you hear this Definitely hearing some uh, like Master of Puppet vibes to it. Okay, but listen to the lyrics, and then when I fade out, you give me your review.
Okay, so if Temptation had a son, here I am. Now, what do you think of me? Basically, is what he's saying to me. Um, if Darkness had a son, Temptation, leave me be. He doesn't want to go back to his old ways, his addictions, mm-hmm. his previous desires. He wants to be who he's meant to be. You know, all these things. That that's what you know. If Darkness had a son, if the <coughs> evil, if the temptation, if the the it's, utter bile had a kid but it's probably one of the songs like how they did with the previous it's it, it's a uh, 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 it's ambiguous right it's, it's it's for the listener so to put it into their own because so you listen to the song i mean i have to listen i'm gonna have so to listen that's to what i myself. see that's what i see but what from that little bit what do you get see like i don't know i'm just i'm just i'm i'm gonna have to listen to it maybe a couple more times because I'm, I'm more, I'm listening to more of the, the sound. I mean, like I definitely hear like, uh, maybe like some master of puppet vibes into the song. Um, but I'm gonna have to listen, go back and listen to it the full thing, and then I can, um, I mean, I'm like, I'm hearing like, you know, something about being unforgiven. Uh, so I'm listening. I'm, you know, this the way my mind works. Like I, I hear like you know, like hear the music, but then I hear certain lyrics. Right. So, so you break it down. You compartmentalize so it. I mean, and, like I can't, I can't give you like a full review right now because no, I, I get that because you I, didn't I hear have, the whole song. I would have to listen to the whole thing maybe a couple times and just like really sit down and listen to it. But I mean, it's it's so fucking great. I mean, this is definitely peak Metallica back to the roots. Exactly. And back back exactly. into with I mean even that's what with I'm talking about the new no basis but now but it's still that that sound like almost it's almost to, perfection like, almost back to uh, you know Cliff days yeah back you to know. the back to the life of Wolf and Man yeah you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying yeah, definitely I E Black album oh see okay that's 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 where I was thinking I'm okay so this is to me. Like the sound, the way they did it, uh, was more of like a mix of uh, Black Album and uh, maybe Master of Puppets. So what you just said brought a whole new perspective to me. Like if I, if Darkness had a son, here I am. What would it be basically? And it ties back to Wolf and Man. So if a if a half wolf, half man had a kid, what would it be? Hmm. It's almost a tie-in back. So, there's levels to this shit. Yeah. Ogres have layers. <laughs> this album has layers. Their whole, dis- their whole discography yeah, has yeah. layers. So that's that's why I was so pumped for you to hear this album. And I'm almost happy. I'm 100% happy you didn't hear this album more than you did. Because now I'm showing you shit that you didn't realize. And we're growing together as podcasters, mm-hmm. so, as fans of Metallica. So now, um, Screaming Suicide. They, here's another one. That there's some background on it. Okay. Um, okay, so... Uh, so di- Okay, this is definitely one that how we talked about. This right. Definitely one that... Yeah, see exactly. This is the one we want to talk about before. Okay, this play. this video, ha- if you look up this video, it has have scenes of self-harm and suicide, which is not meant to bring out your urge to commit suicide, i.e. our campaign mm. to prevent suicide, right. is to expel that feeling from you through music and make you feel better, not feel worse. Well, so um, the, for the background of this song... Um, according to Hetfield, the song is 
about the taboo word of suicide and to communicate the darkness we feel inside of us, further adding how people cannot deny that they have had dark thoughts at one point in their lives. And in the same statement, he continues, To face it is to speak the unspoken. If it's a human experience, we should be able to talk about it. You're not alone. The track's lyrics have also been interpreted as telling the story of a person who was born craving dopamine, only to be lured to the darkest fears and insecurities, thinking of themselves as living a mistake. So, right there, he says the dopamine feeling, the things, those quick hits of feeling good or satisfaction mm-hmm. or likes on Instagram, they get you feeling good about yourself, quickly fade. I.e., like when uh, Constantine, the movie came out, he yeah. goes, people are either angels or devils, and one push one way or the other defines who you're going to be, oh, that's, that's or the great, evil, or the good you I, I love that movie. Fantastic yes. movie, which part two is coming yeah, out yeah, at some point. I can't, dude, we see eye to eye in so much shit, it's <coughs> unbelievable. So, so given um, those feelings that so they what, have about this... What, what, one more little thing about this. So, reception... Of whom when this song was released. Oh, definitely want to hear this. Okay, so Drew Drew reviews overall enjoyed the song, noting how it was less fast paced than Luxiturna and that it is felt more like a modern rock song than what you would typically expect from the band. Writing for Metal Planet Music, Patty Gallagher also liked the track, noting how it sounds like the refreshed 2020s version of Kill 'Em All. Ooh. They also believed that it felt like the band was moving towards a less complex, more basic sound. I love it. Dude, you know what? I haven't heard this song because it hasn't came on my Pandora. And given that I'm living that adult life with kids and responsibilities and all that bullshit, um, let's jump into it. Sleepwalk My Life Away. supposed to be screaming suicide oh my bad let's jump into screaming suicide i thought you said sleepwalk my life away my bad oh yeah i i wish to proceed so those who listen edit out that previous version or i'll do that myself i don't know we'll Uh, we'll figure it out i'll fucking just leave it yeah i'll decide later so here's screaming suicide my bad On the contrary, I have heard this song.
Okay, I had to fade it out now because I have some thoughts. Screaming suicide. All his actions, his attention-seeking, his dopamine feelings, he's basically screaming, I want to commit suicide without saying it. Mm-hmm. Now, at the bottom of this video, it says, you're not alone. It says, 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Confidential, free, hours t- available are 24 hours a day. You are not alone. Which ties into our suicide yeah. anti anti-suicide campaign which is beautiful because not not suicide is beautiful it's beautiful that it ties in to the fact that we i started this campaign even without consulting you because i knew you'd be on board yeah Um, of course you know he says suicide keep don't ever say my name suicide don't ever say that word suicide is, is is twofold one you keep the word suicide inside because if you can fix this with yourself, nobody has to know you almost committed suicide. And then if he dies from committing suicide, don't ever say his name again because it's a sacred name now since he did commit that unspeakable act. Right. So that is beautiful and tragic in the same sense. It's bitter and sweet because it's also telling you don't do it but we also all face the same struggle, and that is a double-edged sword. It, it's I never looked at it that way, oh. and and this song I'm saying it, it's very well done. Yes, yeah. Um, you know I'm gonna definitely have to go back. So I'm thinking that we go through one more song. Yeah. Um, you since, pick this one because since, I've been taking charge on this album. No, 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 no. Seventy-two seasons. Absolutely. Because, the title of the album, the cover of our episode, and, and plus, it, while you're looking it up, here's some background on it. Yeah. So, according to James Hetfield, following the announcement of the album, the lyrics and song name mean seventy-two seasons came out of a book. I was reading about childhood, basically, and sorting out childhood as an adult. And 72 seasons is basically the first 18 years of your life. How do you evolve and grow and mature and develop your own ideas and identity of self after those first 72 seasons? Oh my god, because you have four seasons in a year, you turn 18, by that time there's been 72 seasons. Holy shit! Some things are more difficult than others. You know, some things you can't unsee, and they're with you the rest of your life. The other things, you're able to rewind the tape and make a new tape in your life. So that the real interesting part for me is how you're able to address those situations as an adult and mature. Wow. I mean, this album is right up there with the Black Album as one of my favorite albums. It just, it hits on so many different levels. I didn't even realize So you said that. Holy shit! Yeah, see, and and I have I have I I never look I didn't look anything. I mean, I looked up track listings, but I didn't really go into depth. And you know, when the first album first came out earlier this year, you know, all I did is look up the songs because I know I heard Seventy Two Seasons. I listened to Luxie Turner. That's all I knew. And now, and now I'm gonna have to go in. I'm gonna have to listen to this whole. Fucking okay, album, so there's another song album. in here that's a Crown of Barbed Wire, which was. On Jesus's head was a crown of thorns. That's almost a biblical reference. I'm curious. I want to do an honorable mention. I don't want to play the whole song unless mm-hmm. you want to, depending on what you find out. But there, here, there's nothing uh, on this one. Okay, so maybe we'll dive into it real quick after this one. But 
Oh, no, I'd like to end it on 72, so let's okay, do cool. the Okay, And crown. then we'll jump into listeners and, and, yeah. and numbers. Yeah, so let's uh, just play a little clip from uh, Crown of Barbed Wire, then we'll play uh, 72 Seasons. You want to do Crown of Barbed Wire first? Yeah. yeah okay. I would, I would okay, like cool. to we end uh, 72 uh, at the end. Yeah, we could do that. I mean, I, I definitely want to hear people's perspective on Crown of Barbed Wire, because I haven't heard this song yet. I've been so busy with life and parenting and and work that it doesn't come on my Pandora, but I plan to get every song off this album. So we'll listen to it together. We'll give our perspective. Then we'll jump into 72 Seasons and then email us what you think this song means at readyplayerquestions at gmail.com. Or even just your own perspective on yeah, that that's what song I'm saying. Is. Yeah. What the fuck? He has a tattoo of barbed wire on his head, this prison inmate. It's all cartoonish. Okay, so I have some some thoughts. In the video, this guy is a prison inmate. He gets acquitted of a crime. He walks free because they take the handcuffs off him. Mm-hmm. He goes and commits another crime because he's basically doing the devil's work. The crown of barbed wire is the opposite of a crown of thorns mm, yep. that Jesus wore. He is the devil. Jesus is the angel or the good versus the bad. The, the good versus evil, in a sense. He goes out, commits another crime. He is representing the battle, the biblical battle, the spiritual battle between good and evil. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely see that. Just holy shit! If video. you have a chance, look up this. Look up this video. It's an animated uh, video, and it's, it's it brings uh, a whole new depth perception. You know, like we just watching wow. it, watching it from the beginning. It it made me get like uh, Charles Manson vibe. Yeah, from the any, look. any perspective of evil, this this blackness, this this vile bile that that is in the world, and then there's good people who don't care where you come from, don't care what language you speak. If you're hurt, they want to help. They they they're just 
out there to give. They're, they're the and ones not that get, the, They're the ones that suffer the most. Yeah, exactly. Hap- because like that the, happens. Well, I mean, they always say that the path of the righteous man is the road that's the roughest. It's the most hardest because the devil is pissed off mm-hmm. that he's losing another soul and he's trying to do everything he can to fuck with you. Yeah. And the more you repent, the more you keep drawing closer to God, um, he's getting more mad that he's losing another one to the good side. Mm-hmm. And the God and God and Jesus give you free will, so it's your choice. Do you want to choose, you know, the demons and the easy way, or do you want to choose the hard way, which know, results in better fruits of your labor? You know, if we if we hadn't talked about uh, the Black Album, you would have probably construed that as maybe you know part of the god that failed it's possible which, I, I will some, never some know people, because now people, i've been some people would probably maybe construe that you know maybe you know yeah so, so this it's is what, possible but i mean but now we know and our listeners know what that the song is really about i mean it was he was hurting from his mother no his being, dying of being, cancer and, uh, and not wanting treatment. Yeah, because of that. Uh, the uh, uh, the religious belief that yeah. she had that not yeah, seek medicine. Yeah, didn't want to go to. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so we will never know because it wasn't meant to be that way. Yeah. Now that I'm enlightened on that subject, I have a different perspective, which is probably better because now I look at it differently and I appreciate it for what it is. But have you listened to the song since uh, we talked about it last week? No, I don't know if I can handle it now that I know that. I will definitely, but not while I'm driving or at work. Yeah. That's something I got to do on my own with myself. Well, you're, here, yeah, well, you're, you're with yourself and you just... Take- exactly. It's a time of self-reflection yeah. and dealing with the fact that my kid's own mother had died of cancer mm-hmm. and things like that. So, um, yeah, definitely. I'm going to look at it again. And I mean, uh, I, do a, do a I, little more internal dialogue. I haven't listened to. It. I mean, you know, like everybody knows, know my best friend that, that passed from cancer. I had uh, an aunt um, that passed from cancer. So, um, and, uh, you know, cancer is a bitch. Fuck cancer. It is. Fuck cancer. You know, uh, I I got a buddy whose daughter faced cancer, beat it. I have a family friend that beat cancer twice. I have an aunt that uh, she uh, she beat cancer. Yeah. And then, so in the in the interest of saying fuck cancer and all that shit, I I gotta say, you know what? You gotta keep pushing because the good fight is the wor- the fight worth fighting. Yeah. Never give up. Never commit suicide. Go to our website at readyplayerapparel.com. Buy a phone case, a flag, a T-shirt, something that promotes anti-suicide. Let's help save some lives. We make no money off of it. We're doing it for the good of the world and saving lives. No matter who you are, what beliefs you have, where you come from, we want you to be here to... It's better to have somebody here mad at you than have somebody who passed away and never have that conversation to work it out. Yeah. So, in that honor, we're going to finish this album with 72 seasons, i.e. the four seasons that go through and all your 18 years of growing up. To be legally an adult. Yeah. So this will be our uh, last song of uh, seventy-two seasons for uh, the season. Um, you know this this whole season's been a blast. Uh, well, ups and downs, audio recordings, and, good times, uh, bad times. But we, we've we've gone through you know a plethora, plethora <laughs> of of uh, artists. You know from Rob Zombie to uh, Megadeth. And then, of course, 
to finish the season off with our favorite fucking album of favorite, favorite artist, band artist artist uh, of yeah. all time um this has been such and more enlightened on to the bat of what the band had gone through which i never knew a lot of the stuff and and you, they're doing they're doing some things right now james uh, Hetfield just released a book of all the guitars he's owned uh-huh. they're coming out with new boots that you can buy metallica inspired Mm, all this stuff it's, yeah so i mean this it's been is, a great season i.e 72 seasons yeah. i love how you tied that in with the fucking yeah. you're a fucking genius for this so yes. let's get into it so um hey no thank you for listening and after the song we're gonna get into numbers and emails and and uh, we'll see you guys next season yeah intro i love it though gets me pumped up for the song Okay, so, yeah, 
I, that, I love this album. Yeah, absolutely this energetic. Awesome. But you know what I realized? You're a fucking dumbass because you forgot Garage Inc. Yeah, but it wasn't part of uh, the original 11 albums. That was a cover album. Oh, fuck you. All so, right. so, I mean, if, if you guys want us to... Uh, okay, you got do, me on that one. If you guys want to do us... Uh, uh, Want us to do another uh, episode? We could do it on the Garage Inc. But, I mean, there's at least one song, maybe two, that we could pull up real quick uh, before we uh, check into the emails. Um, it definitely... Oh, we, there, There is I some... Don't, I don't dude, know. I can't help myself. I love that fucking yeah, album. Yes. Um, okay, we, okay, so we already did uh, uh, Turn the Page. We, uh, we talked about that earlier this season. So we, we won't bring up that one. Right. Um, I don't know. What about the Misfits? Misfits? Die, die, my darling. Oh, my God. I love that. Uh, let's look that up. And then we have the, no, covered by Leonard Skinnerd, And then we have our... Uh, okay, so I definitely have a controversial one I want to put in there. Oh, yeah, I know. Okay, so, I know you do. Okay, so, so we're, we're going to pick... Two songs from this album. Okay, yes. So we'll just we'll do this one and then plus Mike's. Uh, then we'll get into our uh, emails, emails and shit. And then um, I mean, we did four hours last time. It's I mean, we might as well do it this time. Well, I don't know. No, um, I, I say this. <laughs> I'll, I'll wrap this up as quickly as possible. Yeah. But I got to get to the other song. Yeah, yeah. So here we go with "Die, Die, My Darling" <coughs> off the Garage Inc. non-studio album cover album. I fucking love this song. Holy shit! I just realized something. I know what he says.
Might as well play the whole song. Oh shit. Okay, so he says your future is in an odd long box. This came out years before Death Magnetic, which on the cover had a picture of a coffin surrounded by magnetic material in an odd long box. Holy shit. Yeah, this was originally a Misfits song. Dude, I love that. And, um, see, the Misfits, they came out with this song with the done by Glenn Danzig when he was part of the Misfits and this came out in 1984 we were two years old when the original came out wow. I'm gonna have to go back I'm gonna have to go in and listen to the original I've never listened to the original okay so so I'm and it, oh here's the thing the release May 1984 on singer Glenn Danzig label Plan 9 Records Plan 9 from Outer Space. Whoa. Oh, so, you know, because he's into that weird shit. Seven months after the band's breakup. Mm-hmm. Song titled after a 1965 horror movie, Fanatic, which was released in the United States under the title, Die, Die, My Darling. Mm. And then, okay, so, I mean, that's just the background. And then the criti- critical, yeah, critical reception, uh, they reviewed Die, Die, My Darling positively. I wrote that the title song ranks among the best of the Misfits ever recorded. Pure, brutal energy unleashed. I love it. So now Metallica's version, covered by Metallica, who had previously covered the Misfits song Last, Last Caress and Green Hell in 1987 for the 1998 cover album Garage Inc., Metallica's version was released as a single in Australia, Germany, Japan, and Mexico and reached number 26 on Billboard's mainstream rock tracks chart in the United States. And I love that song because it's almost like a dual song with switches between Last Caress and Green Hell, Mm -hmm. just like the brain surgery one. Yeah. It it seems like it switches between songs without stopping and starting another song. It's... It's almost like a dual-layer song. And, and they got the high praise. Misfits guitarist Doyle Wolfgang Von Frankenstein <laughs> praised the cover version saying that I couldn't believe it when I first heard it. Wow. That's okay. This. So the song, the controversial song I have, I have a story <laughs> behind it. We used to listen to it all the time. I want to tell this story before you tell your side of what we used to listen to it for. Oh, my God. But I was in traffic one time, and I had this song cranked up, windows down, bass playing. I had subwoofers, <coughs> the whole nine yards. This thing was fucking at cranking. 16. At 16. No, I'm sorry. This was at 19 when I was working already. Oh. I was in traffic in Fresno, and this lady heard part of this song. And I will fade out when I get to that part of the song. Oh, she yeah. rolled her windows up and and totally took off in the middle of traffic just so she didn't have to hear the song. And I was so into it, and I didn't realize what she had done until I looked over and she was taken off. And then I realized, oh, shit, my windows are down, radio's up, and this song is playing. And then once we fade out to that part, you tell that you're part of the song. So here is So What off of Metallica's Garage, Inc. So fucking what? Fucking what? 
fucking where, so what? Which is like Johnny Cash saying, I've been everywhere. Who cares? Who cares about you? You! So what? So what? So what? So what? You boring little fuck. And I want to see. Uh huh. Fuck. Alright, I'm gonna cough right down his throat. So what? So what? So what? You boring little fuck. Who cares? Who cares? You do. Who cares? Who cares? You do. Picture this, lady pulls up. And then she rolls her windows up and takes the fuck off. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like half embarrassed, half proud. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do but finish the song? Yeah. It was an older lady, and I feel bad that she had to hear that shit. But she obviously knew what the fuck he was talking about. For her to roll her windows up and take off like that. It was... It's probably one of their most gruesome, grungy, fucking outlandish yeah. songs. I don't know who they covered on this, but it was a fucking crazy song. High energy. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I absolutely love this song for its grotesque nature because it, it, it evokes it, so much bananas ass energy and it's not Metallica it's so not Metallica but it's just it's something out of character and I appreciate that because I remember because you showed me this song back when (laughs) when we were 16 because you have this album and I mean of course it has you know Turn the Page which is one of my favorite covers of all time yes Uh, but I mean it's not going to beat you know the Bob Seger version but definitely my top it definitely top, strikes a chord five. with me. Yeah, and that that song, and then uh, Tuesday's Gone. Yeah, they throw in so much uh, passion. And then uh, yeah. you have Die Die My Darling, and you have these other songs off this whole cover album by Metallica, which was unforeseen at that time. They no, they're just coming off of uh, Load Reload. I think it's between the time uh, Load and Reload came out. And um, well, so that's why Jason Newstead is still on the cover of this one. Yeah, because he yeah. recorded that before Load and Reload yeah. came out. Yeah, so he's on there. So uh, this is actually the so what is actually a song by Anti Nowhere League. Okay, uh, I've never heard of them. The song came out in 1981, so we weren't even born yet. It's funny that they heard this song and not much of the world has. And then they decided to cover it like, wow, that is so out there. Let's yeah. do it. So the song was written, according to the band, after sitting in a pub one night. And this is the original band. This is what they're, uh, how they came up with the song. Okay. The song was written, according to the band, after sitting in a pub one night, hearing two men trying to outdo each other with stories of past experiences. Whoa. The song is therefore a retort to people to tell embellished stories to make themselves appear appear better than the person they're in a conversation with. Okay. I've seen lyrical content of the song cause the British police to seize all copies of the single from the band's distributors under the Obscene Publications Act and remove all copies from sale. The word fuck 
appeared in the first line of the song and the word cunt is used four times throughout the song. I do not like using that word, but this is just an article here. Uh, the song has sub- subsequently been appended to various CD reissues of the We Are, the League album, and have become an anthem for the band. Lyrics in the song include references to bestiality, I fucked a sheep, I fucked a goat, and acquiring sexual transmitted diseases, I've had crabs, I've had lice, I've had the clap. Now, the Metallica cover, <laughs> this sounds like the most fucked up song it is. for Metallica it to is. ever do. And in James Hetfield's <laughs> voice, it's fucking bananas, the level that I'm hearing. Yeah. Uh, this song has been covered by Metallica and released as a B-side to the Sad But True single and later included in Garage Inc. It is also a bonus track on the Asian version of Metallica. So what would go on to become a in-concert standard for the band during the 96 year, uh, MTV Europe Music Awards, the band performed the song immediately after the last caress instead of King Nothing, which was taken from their then-new album, Load. Then, perform- then an entire performance was aired live and uncensored. Some 41 often used a Metallica version as outro music played over the sound system at their concerts. How interesting. Wow. Now, what was that word that you didn't like to use? What was? I didn't hear it. I, I was trying to load our next segment, but... Uh-huh. What was it? Uh, um, uh, you cunt? Know, you know Mike Hunt? Mike Hunt? Mike Hunt. Mike goes Hunt. In, goes into, you know, Mike Ock? Yeah. Goes into Mike's Mike, Yeah, you have uh, Mike Hunt and Mike Ock. Yeah, so I found <laughs> out that women either don't like the word cunt or don't like the word bitch, but very rarely do they give a shit about both. Yeah. It's very trippy, but uh, what do you want to hit <laughs> first, emails or numbers? This is this is what you you eat you text me like I don't know how many times a fucking week I'm either taking a shit or about to hop in the shower and you're like have our numbers come up and I'm like dude I don't fucking know I got life I'm trying to do too at the same time and then I stop everything and I'm like I gotta make Matt okay, happy I, I, I gotta I, let I gotta let him know what I, our numbers I, are I see some Raider bullshit from Karina there hey, so hey, I asked you a question motherfucker do you want to hear yeah. numbers no or let's emails? go uh, no I'm looking at this uh, right. Raider bullshit from All Karina right, shut the fuck up for a second let me get to this okay <laughs> Karina says. Ah, there are no words to describe how proud I am of you two. You guys are an inspiration to my life, and I love you guys. Fuck yeah. Another season in the books. Go off the cuff. I love it. We're going to have to put that on something. Go off the cuff. Hashtag go off the cuff because these kids, we know it's a pound symbol, but we'll appease the next generation because they're our future. And her title to this email is Raiders. That's like a prerequisite for being Mexican. Although I know a bunch of Mexicans that are Niners fans. And although we don't play the Raiders this season, we always, almost always, I say almost always, Karina, because there are having a couple of seasons where we lost to the Browns and the Raiders, but... For ninety percent of the time, we beat the ever loving breaks out the Raiders. Now talk about the Raiders. Crosby, absolute fucking mm. beast. Adams, fucking beast. Given put aside my distaste for the team, I think they should have never left California. They were based yeah. in Oakland. They started in Oakland, and I'll be damned if Bo Jackson's team leaves California. And, That's fucked up. Oh, oh speaking of, speaking and of as much Oakland, as I'm not a Redskins now, fan, now the, they should have never changed the name. Now the A's they They're have, talking about doing they, that too. They got the okay 
from uh, the M- uh, MLB to jump to Vegas, so, so Oakland will have no team. Right. So our generation grew up with Jose Canseco, yeah. Oakland A's. I'm a Jose Canseco fan. I'm a White Sox fan at heart. You know, the big hurt. Frank Thomas, mm. but I also have love and appreciation for the San Francisco Giants, which Metallica plays every year at their opening season yep. in San Francisco. And then Oakland Raiders, I'm a Bo Jackson fan. That dude was a fucking legend. He did everything. He was unbeatable, unstoppable, and he, the reason he stopped is because he had that hip injury, which at the time, modern medicine couldn't solve. They didn't know he had blood fluid in his hip. Otherwise, who knows what he could have done. Like Freddie Mercury for um, Queen. Who knows if he hadn't died, what inspirational, absolute, legendary, operatic albums he could have released. So, putting aside my distaste for the Raiders team, I love Bo Jackson. They should have never left California. So, hat tip to Bo Jackson. Yeah, and for the Raiders, uh, in the past 10 years, um, no, Chris Cousin, one of my best friends, uh, he has never beat me in football. And he's a huge Raider fan. <laughs> Karina's family, you can, they're all uh, Raiders. Her uncle's a Redskin fan. I know her, her nephew, or is it her nephew that has Niners gear on all the time? And I'm like, that's a good yeah. kid. Uh, her uh, her brother um, is a diehard Raider fan. Um, no, our cousin's Rams. Um, you know, the the whole family, It's uh, they're all confused. Like, nobody can actually uh, agree <laughs> on uh, one solid team. <laughs> I love it, dude. It, it's uh, it's not fun if you can't talk shit. Oh, yeah. So, Karina, yeah, from us you. to you, me personally, absolutely love you. You got yeah. the wisdom. You got the heart. You go to church. You do Bible study. You got a good heart. You're a good person. And I love you to the fullest. No. I will be there for you anytime you need me. You always have a place here. And if we make it big, you for sure have a fucking easy job, big pay. We got you. Yeah, and I, I appreciate the email. I didn't hear from yeah. Timmy this week, but he's been putting in a lot of work on Instagram, sending me stuff that I don't have time to watch. And every now and then I find something on Facebook or Instagram, and I put it on our digital account. So hat tip to you, Timmy. Mm-hmm. You've been putting in work behind the scenes, and I you don't get enough credit. Karina, you don't get enough credit. Berta, yeah. Carlo, you guys don't get enough credit. We appreciate every one of you. Sean Ely, um, Johnny Vegas, all you guys, we love every one of you. It's absolutely an honor to be mentioning your names. Have you listened to us? Follow us on digital media. We can't get enough of it. I, I can't thank you guys enough. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, definitely. So now the, uh, for the part that really tickles your boo boo, because I like it too, but you seem to go over the top for this. What are your predictions for our numbers this week? Before we produce this album onto the air. What do you think it's going to be? I know you're shooting for 1500 You're always for that next level, and I love it. It keeps you hungry. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say $1,500. you are going to say 1500 At least. What were we the other day when you uh, asked me? 10 left. Uh, 10, 10 less than 1500 mm-hmm. Okay, you ready? Can we do a drum roll? We're at 1501 Holy fuck. <laughs> 1,501 listeners all time. We did it. So within two days, we got 10. <laughs> we did. Holy we did. shit. You happy now? <laughs> A little bit, but now I, I love it. it. That now now we're going for that 2,000. Yeah, so that put more pressure on me to make 
the next. You know what? If we season. hit two thousand, that honors the year we graduated. Not to date us, but fuck it. <laughs> That's how it's easy math for me. I know when we graduated. I know how many years it's been since we've been out of high school. So, given that our 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 social media is on Facebook, at Ready Player U with spelled U the letter, not Y O U. Um, hat tip to Berta. She helped start that account. Um, Ready Player U with underscores between each word on Instagram. Um, we are on YouTube at Ready Player Podcast. Our email is readyplayerquestions at gmail.com. Apparel line merchandise, anti suicide products. Uh, at readyplayerapparel.com. Uh, from Mike and Matt, we can't thank you enough for you know putting up with us for this season. There may or may not be bonus episodes. We do have holidays coming up, but mm-hmm. we make no promises So because we're going to do what the fuck we want and go off the cuff. But uh, definitely uh, next week, uh, we're not going to be in the studio. Um, it's, I got some personal things I got to handle. Yeah, then we, do too. we have uh, Friendsgiving. We have Friendsgiving. Uh, uh, speaking of which, can you bring up that up? Oh, it's going to yeah. be at a particular uh, address. Not at the usual tattoo studio. It's going to be bring your own beer. There's going to be cheeseburgers, out of the ring, lead the way. So many bands. I mean, so many bands. Skank Stomp. Uh, It's going to be a punk rock concert. It's going to be an absolute enjoyable time. No tattoos, unfortunately, because it's not going to be at the shop. But it's going to be at a family member's house. So please respect the property. Bring your beer. Uh, bring your positive attitude. Bring your love for music. It's an all ages show. Mm-hmm. The doors open. Yeah, it's uh, let's see, Saturday, November twenty fifth. Uh, Friendsgiving was Skank Stomp, Cheeseburgers. Lead the, the way out uh, of the rot- ring. Rotten, rotten apple. Rotten apple and the season. Um, yeah, it's uh, donations welcome. It's at three sixty six Juniper Lane in Lemoore. Um, you know, it's definitely it's gonna be uh, a good time. You're gonna have all these bands. When and, do the doors open, and when does the show start? Uh, says, see, doors at three. Uh, bands start at five. So I mean, it's a Saturday. It's gonna so. be perfect. No work right before yeah. the holidays. Hopefully, there's no After soccer the, games, football games, no. anything like that. Bring yeah. your kids. All ages show. Respect yeah. the property. Respect the house. And come in with the attitude of having a good time. We appreciate everybody here. Come support our favorite local band, Out of the Ring, and lead the way in Skank Stop. And it's going to be an absolutely epic show. From Ready Player You, I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And we will see you next season. All right. Have a happy holidays. (laughs) Later. Bye.